and a very good afternoon and welcome to Mars Stadium here in Ballarat for the AFLW practice match. As all of a sudden my computer goes ding, what a welcome it can only happen to me. Peter Holden with you as part of the Women's Australian Rules Football Radio team on RSN Carnival to bring you the Western Bulldogs and Collingwood at Mars Stadium in Ballarat. Joining me and more like heckling me in the commentary box after that, we begin by first of all introducing our MASH analyst for today. She played in the Reserves Premiership back in 2012 with the VU Western Spurs. It's a very warm welcome to Miss Katie Lembeski. Pete, Matt, so good to be here on this beautiful day out in Ballarat. Keen to get an early look at some AFLW and um, excited for the season ahead and good to get an early preview of it today. Indeed we do in uh, beautiful sunshiny conditions, uh, might we add, here at uh, Mars Stadium in Ballarat as I uh, look around at uh, some of the players and coaches just having a friendly kick on the oval. Also joining us here today in the commentary box, he's a man who hosted the call earlier this morning between Carlton and Geelong at Icon Park. He joins us today as the second caller for this match. A uh, warm welcome to Matthew Cox. And Chief Chauffeur as well coming up here today to uh, Mars Stadium, the quick sprint up from Icon Park um, and just as it was at Icon Park it is picturesque here in Ballarat not often you can combine those two words um, but it is a lovely sunny day not much wind about either by the looks of things outside so uh, should be a pretty good match today the ground is a little bit patchy there's a few brown spots here there and everywhere but uh, generally it's uh, looking pretty good Indeed it is. Um, today we hope to have Debbie Lee, of course, the uh, Women's Football Operations Manager of the Western Bulldogs, uh, joining us here in the commentary box to uh, discuss a little bit about how the Bulldogs have been preparing for uh, season 2019. As we know, Katie, going in as the reigning premiers, very different to last year, of course, um, when they had the draft coming into 2018. They were the number one Victorian side in the draft. We know, of course, they picked Isabel Huntington as pick number one. They took Monique Conti. Uh, they took some of the best young talent going around and of course they had the recent draft where they're at the back of the order particularly even worse with the expansion teams in there because of course they are now the hunted of course they're very different heading into season 2019 as you lay out but to me it's a very steady lineup you have the players who took them to the flag you've also added some local um local v- vflw talent in jesse davies and selena carlson so not an ideal draft to be at the back of, honestly, but uh, you can't really you can't really count them out as a contender this year. I expect them to be going strong again, and uh, keen to see how they go today. Absolutely, and their team that they'll be taking on, everyone will be keen to have a look at a new look Collingwood side, Matthew Cox, because over the last uh, 12 to 18 months, to say the least, they have been raided. We know, of course, they lost their top two players at the end of the 2017 season to, um, I think it was uh, Carlton and GWS, respectively. They got well and truly raided by North Melbourne. And we know North Melbourne had early success today in their practice match against Melbourne. Uh, some of their key players either were delisted or um, retired, i.e. Meg Hutchins retired, ended up winning a premiership, of course, with Hawthorne VFLW. But um, it's certainly a new-look side. They've gone with some younger talent. I guess everyone wants to know, what did Collingwood have in store with this new young talent? How fast is it going to come on? Because they've had a bumpy start to the first two seasons of AFLW. And the other question I think you'd add to that is, where are their goals going to come from, considering that uh, their forward line has been largely depleted as a result of... uh 
the inclusion of the two new clubs in the competition. So it's definitely going to be a new look, uh, Collingwood side, and there is a bit of pressure on them, uh, to say the least, because they haven't fired when I think uh, in the inaugural season, I think I ranked them as the number one side in the competition based Mm. on um, who they were able to recruit and the spine that they had, but they haven't been, for one reason or another, been able to fire. Uh, I still remember last year when we were calling their practice match at uh, Olympic Park uh, against Melbourne, where in the second half, they opened up space inside 50, and they just looked a much better outfit compared to when the first half of that game, but then right throughout the season as well. They just, for one reason or another, could not get that forward line functioning, as a, and as a result, they've lost quite a few members of that. So I'm, I'm puzzled and curious to see how they replace uh, or in, in fact get some sort of forward line movement going today. Yes, it'll be interesting to see if they stick with a similar game plan as they tried to start the season. We know in season one for the Magpies, of course, they said they wanted to copy a game plan very similar to what the Collingwood men were doing. And of course, after a few games, not like other clubs, to be honest as well, realised, well, hang on, the women's game isn't up to this standard yet and they can't execute that program. Plus, we have a different kicking style, we've got a different size ball, many other factors in there as well. Um, they tried to, uh, they, they stripped it back and they won games by the end of season one. They tried to go with a more complicated game plan again in season two. It didn't work out until they changed things up to later on in the season. And I think, obviously, now everyone's got the realisation it's just seven games. You've got to go bang from the word go. Is it going to be third time lucky? Are they going to try the same thing again? But because A, they've got younger talent. B, some of them were VFLW listed players and they performed very well in the VFLW, making it as far as the preliminary final. Or is it a case of, okay, we're just going to strip it back to basics. A bit similar, Matthew Cox, to what you saw today with Carlton and Geelong, which was a very open game in the first half. Very open game. And I, I also got the sense watching it that they were actually enjoying themselves out on the mm. park. They were actually... Rather than being disciplined and stick, sticking to structure, there, there seemed like a, a positive vibe coming from uh, the Carlton footy side, and that came off the top when we interviewed Daniel Harford prior to the game, and you could sense that he that his enthusiasm then uh, was was above what has been the case for Carlton. But there was a much more positive, mm. and I wonder whether if you much like the Collingwood men's side in a way, what they did last year, if you just loosen the lead a little bit and not be so structured and stick to your, your, your routine, whether that might, might actually aid the development, not only of the players, but the actual team in being able to play a, a good brand of footy. Definitely, and it can also, I guess, reinvigorate a few of the the players that have been there for a while, your Steph Chochis and the like. So, yeah, they are coming off a strong VFLW season. I think I'd like to see them keep it simple. Just enjoy your footy. Just like you were saying about Carlton, a different vibe around the place. Maybe we have to rejig some things with the game plan. And I think that's what make that all what that what's makes um, today so important. You know, because you don't get a lot of chances to get an early an early lead into the season. You got to go, go, go. So I think that what, so it's keen to and interesting to see what happens today. We should mention for those listening on RSN Carnival Digital Radio by the RSN Racing and Sport app and rsn.net.au. 
is that today's game was scheduled for a 4 p.m. Uh, pardon me, a 5 p.m. start. Uh, it will start 15 minutes later at quarter past five. The Western Bulldogs have uh, given us that information that both teams' buses were arriving a little bit late. Might do the fact that one of the teams' buses stopped by McDonald's. Not saying they ordered McDonald's, but they stopped at a McDonald's and combined servo. We know because we were in said McDonald's ordering McDonald's when they when they came by. I can assure you they were on the pretzels. It was all good. Um, but uh, because we weren't. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but because uh, of uh, both teams arriving here a bit late-ish, uh, they agreed to bump the start time to uh, quarter past five because uh, this is not like a JLT series match, which is what you would call an AFL-sanctioned practice match in a way, which they're running strict rules and, and TV viewership, etc. This one is, uh, as much as it still has AFL rules, as in if you whack someone, you're going to go to the tribunal, um, it's a case of the clubs can decide between themselves uh, different start times. Or in a case that we had... Uh, Katie, when we did uh, Collingwood and uh, Western Bulldogs uh, practice game two years ago at Olympic Park where they cut the final quarter short. Yeah, so again, you, you kind of take it a bit mm. more relaxed approach, I guess. Not mm. necessarily like that, but yeah, you kind of re- rejig sometimes when you need to and uh, they've done that today, but I'm sure the players will be ready to go nonetheless and uh, I'm sure we'll see it today. One thing I'm looking forward to seeing is whether we get another bumper crowd like what we got here last yeah. year. It was phenomenal when we rocked up 12 months ago and there was a queue about 200 deep waiting to get into the ground and waiting for the gates to unlock. Nothing like that uh, yet here, but we are a, an extra hour out from uh, bounce down. So uh, good crowd, uh, Ballarat locals. We know they love their footy up here and no doubt we'll get behind and support the Western Bulldogs, which is... This has basically become their second home away from the Witten Oval. Yeah, and it's really good to see them embrace this area. I think the more clubs that do it, embrace the regions and whatnot, it, it's really good and broaden your membership base, broaden your support base. It can only be good for you. And it's a beautiful facility out here in Ballarat as well. Fantastic conditions today as well. So if you're in the area, get on out here and come and support. And, of course, uh, if you do bring your radio with you, 89.1 FM at the ground, you can listen to the call. So if you've got an FM radio, tune it to 89.1 FM to hear it uh, delay-free uh, just at the ground only. Like you said, uh, there wasn't the crowd lining up at the gate like there was last year. There was maybe a best half a dozen people in their cars just waiting for the gate to uh, open up. As I look early on, maybe just... Uh, under 100 people that have arrived in early. So that is a good sign, 45 minutes away from bounce down. But it is, it is a curious factor because, as you said, it's, it's essentially the Western Bulldogs' home away from home here at Ballarat. Will they show up for that? Will they show up to watch the reigning premiers? And also, will the Collingwood supporters come out to watch as well? Because we know last time it was Carlton that was here against the Western Bulldogs. Carlton were a very good crowd. We know that Collingwood have traditionally got a very strong supporter base. So it'll be interesting to see if, again, they show up in good numbers. There's always been about 500 to 1,000 both times we've been to Olympic Park Oval to call the practice matches there. So it'll be interesting to see how the country crowd uh, really do embrace this. Because it is a family-friendly time of 5 p.m. On a, on a glorious sunny day in Ballarat. It's a good old twilight time slot that uh, the AFL have been pushing in the last five or so years. Um, and, yeah, no, it was, a, it was a great evening last year. It was a great atmosphere uh, for, for a pracky game. I think that even spurred on the players a little bit in terms of the contest that we got purely because there was a bit of noise in the stadium. Um, and even this morning at Icon Park, where we had about 500 people watching on there as well, it was a, it's a good positive sign. 
as we count down an hour to go until first bounce here at Mars Stadium in Ballarat. Let's start by having a look at the visitors, the Collingwood Magpies. Of course, we said that they've turned over uh, quite a number of players coming into this game. Probably the most famous name that they managed to pick up is another netballer. They already had Ash Brazzle from last year. And we know Ash used to play football in WA. Now they've picked up a Magpies netball teammate, Shani Layton will be pulling on the boots. Very keen to see how she goes. Um, obviously, she's had a glittering nip, netball career. Now she's taking, you know, taking her athletic skills to footy. Look, it's it might be a tough adjustment for her early mm. on. The Aaron Phillips experiment has worked out brilliantly for Adelaide, so that's what Collingwood will be hoping with Shani. But she's again, it's you're taking a risk, changing, you know, pulling the boots on, changing sports like that. She's put herself out there, and that and that I respect a lot. So. Yeah, we'll see how much she plays today. Hopefully we can get a really uh, good good glimpse of uh, just what she can bring. And I think this year we'll generally get to have a, a, a look at the rookie recruiting strategy from Collingwood, if it's been a success or been a bust. Because we know that we call Ash Brazzle across Carter, but as we mentioned, she had played WAWFL football before. Georgie Parker really didn't get much of a run last year, so and we know she hadn't played football beforehand, so how did she go with a little bit of footy under her about, including some state league footy, I think, over in WA this year, how she will go. Uh, we also have to consider um, uh, Eliza Hines. Um, we know that she racked up the hitouts like you wouldn't believe, but as we saw in the preliminary final, Katie, at uh, Northport Oval when they took on Geelong, yes, she racked up a hell of a lot of hitouts, but uh, Matty McMahon, who ended up scoring an AFLW contract with Geelong, destroyed her around the ground. Yeah, that's the, that's the um, the strength with Ruckman these days. You need to be playing. You need to be able to do well across the ground. Also, I'm not sure how much that day, I'm not sure how much she was helped by her midfielders, whether they reacted to her tap work. But the opposition midfield, once they can get a read on what you're doing, it might be a bit difficult for you. So... Yeah, let's see how that she goes today. Um, she, I think she had a decent season, all in all, for the for the Magpies. So she's coming in off that experience. So, but yeah, her midfield around her, you really need to look after. Otherwise, it won't work out. Along with Kate Chan in uh, season one, who again had played a little bit of football beforehand many years ago, and she of course did her knee in the ten seconds ironically against the Western Bulldogs that game at Witten Oval. Um, we're about to find out, I guess, this year has the recruiting strategy been right when it comes to rookies for Collingwood, or have they been? Well off the beaten track. They have followed a similar path, Coxie, to GWS and some other clubs by picking up a Gaelic footballer. They got Sarah Rowe from Ireland. And Sarah was a little different to the others who, um, like Cora Stoughton, was headhunted or the Crosscoders program. Sarah Rowe essentially came to Melbourne and shopped herself around. Yeah, and been lucky enough to, to pick up a, a contract with Collingwood. It, again, it's there's so many new players in this Magpies lineup. I don't know whether it's uh, for those players that are a bit foreign to, to football, whether it's the best thing for their development because people are out of positions, people are getting familiar with one another. We're not actually going to see, particularly today, we're not going to see their best form because for most of them, it's their first taste um, for match simulation. So going to be an interesting one to, to watch, Sarah, where how she uh, impacts yeah, what's the word? Integrates, Gels. Yeah. yeah, integrates. That's yeah. what I was looking for. Um, 
integrates with with the Collingwood side. But as we we know, the Gaelic footballers, uh, not only in the men's but in the the women's game as well, seem to integrate fairly well when you think of some of the stars that have come across. The one thing we will put out there is the two-kilometre time trial. Apparently, um, she set a personal best that destroyed even the best that was set at the draft combine. I think it was something like almost a good 20 seconds faster, although there was a, a genuine question put forward saying... Done, the personal best done at the draft combine was done running around at Etihad Stadium on grass, while at Collingwood it was done on their specially built athletics track around the Oval. So there's a question of how much does that help? Um, but, but either way, it was a long way in front. So if that doesn't it, adjusting for it, it doesn't put it at the if not at the very top, at least in the top two three percent of when it comes to doing the two k time trial. So we know that like many Gaelic footballers, they've got an engine that can run all day. Yeah, cardio for days is so important in this league, especially. And you know, in the in the maybe the hot summer days, if you're able to play in those, that might come in real handy. So, yeah, really interesting to see where she's played mainly. I love to see her running up and down a wing just to try to take advantage of her, just her pure her pure engine. You know what I mean? But the skill level as well, you need to have a look at that. So, yeah, fingers and, crossed, have a look at it. And it's something that Collingwood's needed too—a bit of pace and injection yep. of something to springboard them going forward. Um, they haven't had too much of that, so it will be good use. Well, we've got Peter Holden, Matthew Cox, Katie Lembeski here at Mars Stadium in Ballarat for the AFLW practice match between the Western Bulldogs and Collingwood on RSN Carnival Digital Radio. Bounce down time has been adjusted to quarter past five this afternoon due to both teams' buses arriving late at the ground. A mutual agreement between the sides. We are looking at the moment at the Collingwood Magpies and their list. Later on, we'll be looking at the Western Bulldogs and their list once Debbie Lee comes up to the commentary <laughs> box so we can obviously ask her a few questions. Um, and obviously one of the things we'll look at the Western Bulldogs is their Irish recruit as well. That coming up a little bit later. Uh, let's touch on another recruit for Collingwood. Um, we're surprised that they end up picking her up because we thought she might have gone to North Melbourne. Uh, from the Brisbane Lions, Nicole Hildebrand. Yeah, well, she starred in the, the games that she played for Collingwood in the VFLW competition. Uh, obviously, Hildebrand also had the relationship with Melbourne University a few years ago, so that's where the link was drawn between uh, her going to North Melbourne. But she's ended up on the Collingwood list, and she actually prov- proved to be quite dangerous in a game at Victoria Park where she popped up out of nowhere. And in the forward line. Yeah. yeah, so maybe she's one of the ones that could be kicking their goals today or at least an option that they can throw forward but she is traditionally known more as a defender yeah played there in Brisbane as well but she can be very handy when they unearthed that option out of Big Park that day as you mentioned yeah that was really fun to watch so I expect probably more of the same this season as well you have to be versatile I think in this league and that's all that's all to make her so important she's been a proven performer at VFL level for a very long time and uh, I think she'll prove that once again this season as we continue our uh, look through the list, by the way, we should say for number five, congratulations to Emma Grant, who, of course, a former Bendigo Thunder captain, got married to another former Bendigo Thunder captain in uh, Leah French. Uh, I think the nickname's been Grenchy. I think they're calling it putting their <laughs> nicknames together. Um, congratulations to them both. They're getting married. And, of course, uh, we saw that they were both... Uh, eagerly walking by at Icon Park, having a quick little uh, sneak peek at the Carlton Geelong game. They were just uh, interested onlookers, uh, keeping an eye on uh, what's going to take place in a couple of weeks' time down at GMHPA Stadium, given that they will face Geelong in the opening game. First time that they won't be playing Carlton at uh, Icon Park to open the AFLW season, something a little bit different. 
As uh, we continue our look through the uh, team list, uh, another ruck that we have to put out, um, essentially played as the backup for uh, Eliza Hines, uh, particularly if she was a late withdrawal, was Erica Fowler. Yeah, impressive in the uh, VFLW season again. Uh, and that's that's one of the things I will uh, make mention whilst we're on the topic of VFLW, is that there is a fair bit of talent looking down that list that has spent time in the VFLW, and you wonder whether they're game style which almost got them to a grand final will translate back into the AFLW side because players like uh, Fowler were there thereabouts in terms of really impressing and showing their qualities. Yeah, and that's a real strong case with Collingwood this year. That's why I'm a bit optimistic about it, and there is cause for optimism in that sense. They had a really strong VFLW season, and I don't think that can be forgotten. And that I think that bond can prove helpful, that kind of familiarity with some of these some of the players on this list together. Just a matter how it all comes together, and that's the challenge uh, for the Collingwood coaching staff this year. They had a real tough nut in there as well as I look at number 16 in Katie Lynch, and uh, she, of course, uh, is on the AFLW list for 2019. Yeah, so that's another handy another handy addition, someone who might who can play a vital role for the Pies this season. Um, yeah, so hopefully we get a look at her today, and hopefully she can be uh, what they need. Just uh, skipping down the list to a familiar name that uh, has been picked up by Collingwood. Uh, originally on the Brisbane Lions list in Season 1, she was actually working out of the Gold Coast uh, Footy Club in Season 2. And we thought, OK, 2020, she's making a comeback at the Gold Coast. In fact, she finds herself here in Melbourne in Jordan Membry. Yeah, it's, again, another puzzling one. It's a little yeah. bit like uh, Hildebrand. <laughs> this, uh, clubs that we thought they would link to, but uh, they've ended up with an opportunity here. And who knows, she might go back to the Gold Coast after spending a year down here in Melbourne. But that's just pure <laughs> speculation. Uh, nothing sinister there. But, yeah, another handy pickup, And, again, another one of these players that finds themselves uh, trying to integrate into this Collingwood lineup. Hopefully she can provide a bit of run, just a bit more pace, a bit of a differentiation point with the Collingwood side this year. And, of course, the uh, Hawthorne Football Club, not fielding a side in the AFLW, but still provide a farm system almost to all the other clubs. <laughs> Another name I think of was Michaela Cairn. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see whether they all end up back at Hawthorne. Uh, if they get a license. Well, well, for the v- VFL. Oh, well, yeah, for the VFLW season, yeah. whether they're released uh, to go back there, to uh, go back-to-back, potentially, mm-hmm. in the VFLW competition. But, yeah, she was a, a, another youngster uh, amongst that Hawthorne lineup that just grew as the season and went on, became more prominent and uh, really impressed us, similar to Jade Van Dyke, who we saw yep. earlier today uh, down at Carlton and did a really good job inside defensive 50. Uh, Michaelia Can has been another standout performer for uh, Hawthorne in the VFLW and no doubt will make an impact for Collingwood. As we continue the uh, look through the list, we've got players that, of course, uh, that we know were, were hampered by injury um, that didn't play much of the VFLW season at the end. Melissa Kyes being one of them with a foot injury. Steph Kiochi um, had a bit of work, I think, was on the ankle. And, of course, she only played um, limited games in, in the VFLW. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens, obviously, with them coming to this season. Uh, Cecilia McIntosh, I think 39 or 40 now, still running around for that. <laughs> That's incredible. We, we, we mentioned those players, so th- they're essentially the backbone now of the veterans at the club. And um, I'm not saying they have to stand up, because well, they already are standing up, but they lost one veteran, of course, in Meg Hutchins, who um, was delisted and retired. And it is important that you do keep a bit of experience around yeah. a, a young group, because we, we've seen at times with young lists of... Uh, 
think back to Box Hill two years ago when they, they were a very green group and they didn't have a lot of leaders out on the field. There was probably Melissa Kyes and a couple of others that had senior experience and young players tend to get lost, especially when the game's got momentum and the game's flowing. They, they get a bit deers in the headlights and they get a bit overawed. So it is important that you have the likes of Kiochi still there guiding uh, players. Hildebrand brings that bit of experience as well to, to help out. And of course, Cecilia McIntosh, is there anything that she hasn't done in women's footy? She's been forward she's been in defense at times we've seen her run through the midfield obviously she hasn't got that explosive pace that uh, we saw three or four years ago but she still plays a vital role uh and i can remember a game it might have been two years ago uh, where she was playing on darcy vesio and had a really good tagging role mm. that day so she's a she's a great again a versatile player and it'll be interesting to see how they use her this year, Collingwood, whether she is thrown forward as one of those forward targets, because she can do that, she can kick goals, she can create a contest, or whether they use her in defensive 50. And I think the occasion you think of is the um, 2016 VFLW Grand Final between uh, Darabin and Melbourne Uni. To this day, we say it's pretty stiff that Darcy got best on ground for, I think, only breaking the shackles from maybe a five-minute window against Cecilia and kicked maybe two goals. And when she got the best on ground, we go, oh, geez, that's a bit stiff on Cecilia. <laughs> because by that five-minute window, the C-bomb had done a great shutdown job. Yeah, no, she's a, she's a very talented footballer and gifted athlete as well. Uh, some of the players that obviously stood out in the VFLW, one player needs no introduction in uh, Jamie Lambert. Um, mm. uh, the, the times that we saw her, Katie, I mean, a, a, a cut above the rest and then some. Yeah, oh, she's a joy to watch when she when she's in full flight. A really bullocking type of midfield player that can break open packs, break open a contest, and she'll be vital again this season. So, again, so that's another proven performer at VFL, VFL level and even in the old VWFL level. She's been an outstanding player, and I'm sure we'll see the best of her again in 2019. Uh, the one player who was, I wouldn't say quite reborn in the VFLW, but was found a, a new role was Sarah Darcy, who we were used to seeing at centre-half forward. She was thrown to centre-half back during the VFLW season, absolutely shone there, marked everything that came her way, took big pack marks. And you look at that thinking, have they penciled her in to fill the Jess Duffin role? Yeah. I was wondering before... Uh before we came on air about the, who would be kicking the goals for them. And I looked at, the, at that name and said, oh, yes, Sarah Darcy, known forward player. And then I remembered, oh, hang on. No, she was everywhere on the ground uh, in, during the VFLW season. So, again, she's another player that has that versatility that can be used. Another player with a bit of experience now under her belt too, being involved in the in the system for, for quite a number of years and, and prior to that at the Eastern Devil. So she has played a lot of senior football, so will be one of the ones that you'd expect to be leading the charge out there and, and helping to guide some of the younger players. But she she not regenerated herself, but as you said, took her game to to another level during the, the State League season and was really impressive. I think at certain points in your career too, you have to do that. I think sometimes you can get a bit stale. It's no longer working. Teams maybe change up styles a bit more. Coaches ask for different things in players. So... The more versatile you are, I think, the more benefit, the more beneficial you are to your team, and especially so at AFLW level. I'm having a look at the team list because you mentioned about the forward structure, and we know they got gutted by their best forwards, Jazz Garner, Mo Hope going to North Melbourne. 
I, I look at the list now and I go, okay, forwards. Yes, yeah, Sophie Alexander, maybe you can throw her forward. We've talked about um, we've talked about Darcy, who could be a centre forward, but played at centre half back during the VFLW. Nicole Hildebrand, who's typically a defender, but played a pinch hit forward role. Brittany Benici, more a tagger, but can play a forward pocket. When I look for a standout key forward coming into today, I've got to admit, I am scratching my head a bit when I look at the Collingwood list going, I'm not 100% sure where the goals are coming from. No, it's it's the biggest question I've got to, today that I'd like to see from Collingwood. Earlier today, I wanted to see what the chemistry was like mm. with, with both Geelong and Carlton. For the Collingwood, for me, it's what does the forward line look like? Unpredictable is, is a good thing, but it also means that when you've got such a young, inexperienced group that haven't had a hell of a lot of time together, yes, there's a, a core nucleus that have come up from the VFLW program, but when you haven't played together at AFLW level, it is a, it is still a bit of a jump between AFLW and VFLW purely because of the name. There'll be a fair bit of learning on the run, I think, here. So, but yeah, but, ma- that might make them unpredictable. It might make them harder to harder to kind of stop in terms of that. It could be it may just mean they're more versatile. They may be able to stretch defenses a little bit more. We don't know who to go to as a defender. It might be a bit of a trouble for you. So that will be the key for them this year. Unpredictable. Maybe go small as possible in the midfield and then open it up that way. There's a few options here, but and that's what makes today so crucial. And I wonder whether they will look to the midfield to kick a few more goals and whether they actually need a prominent forward. Because in the, the women's game... Yes, it, it's still nice to have that that target down there that can clunk a, a big pack mark, but it's not as necessary because there's a you've already got a lot of crummers there. If you've got someone that can can have a good overhead mark, then you don't necessarily need that big stocky forward coming out of the goal square. So it might actually work to their favour. You're listening to RSN Carnival Digital Radio, the RSN Racing and Sport app and rsn.net.au or at the ground on 89.1 FM. This is the AFLW practice match between the Western Bulldogs and Collingwood Magpies. Peter Holden, Katie Lambeski and Matthew Cox with you in commentary. We're just finishing up looking at the Collingwood list. We'll look at the Western Bulldogs this shortly and we anticipate to be joined by Debbie Lee at some stage. Match time will be adjusted to 5.15pm, a 15-minute later start as agreed to by both clubs. Let's talk about the elephant in the room. The NAB AFLW reigning rising star, Chloe Malloy, not playing this season, ruled out with a foot injury. It, it was it was the ultimate body blow, wasn't it, to Collingwood? They'd lost a bunch of players to North Melbourne and other clubs and delistings, but they still had Chloe Malloy, their best and fairest. So, OK, she could lead the way. Things are on the up and up. And then in that preliminary final, she went down with an injury, one that would rule her out of this AFLW season. It was the uh, kick in the kneecap that they just did not need Collingwood. It was such a shame, such a shame to see. She's such a prodigious young talent, had a breakout season last year and yeah it's just such a shame and she would have played such a key role I think in this team this year with her her ability to play defense and in attack as well such a shame such a shame and we hope for a full and speedy full recovery and um just get back out there as soon as you can she's an exciting player to watch Mm. she can she can do anything anything and everything um she was playing midfield role for Collingwood in the VFLW last uh, last year and she was winning clearances. Her disposal efficiency was was great. 
Um, she can kick goals. Uh, she, she can just do everything. She is a big, big loss. And I, I think probably in terms of the players that have actually exited the Collingwood Footy Club, I reckon she's the biggest mm. in for even though she's only going to be missing for a, for a short period of time, it, it is a crucial cog in this Collingwood setup. Even, even though she's only yeah. a year into her career, they lost a lot of players in the, in the last two seasons, and that's what that's what made her even more important this year. So, yeah, let's fingers crossed that that leaves an opportunity for someone else to kind of step in and fill that bridge. It is a big hole to fill, though, and um, yeah, it's just a shame we're not going to get to see her play AFLW this year, but. Yeah, my best wishes are with her, and we'll hope to see her back soon as we can. The one thing I guess it rubs us off, a bit like last year, how we were robbed, but in reverse, is we've been talking after the last few years, who is the better player, Isabel Huntington or Chloe Malloy? Both out of the same draft class. We know that the year that Malloy was coming through as an under-18, Huntington was out with a knee injury, and prior to that, Huntington was the best thing since sliced bread. Then, of course, in the 2017 AFLW season, it's Malloy that turns it on fire. Huntington looked like she was really going to get going in round two, then bang, there went the knee. Huntington will be back at some stage this 2019 AFLW season, while Chloe Malloy will not participate. We, we just don't, even though we don't expect them to go head-to-head player v player in a game, we were all anticipating to go. The, the, the great debate: Who is this best young player? Who who is the better of the two? And we still don't get an answer to that. Yeah, it, a true answer. It is a shame. It is a shame. But they're two prodigious talents yeah. from what we saw, even in the small sample size of which we've gotten mm-hmm. to see Isabel. It was pretty clear that she belonged at this level, and she was a that she could have been the breakout star last season. It wasn't to be for her. Thankfully, she avoided that uh, that knee scare earlier in pre-season training late last year, I believe. So, thankfully, we are going to get to see her, and um, I just hope we get a full season out of her. But, yeah, she, she should be one to watch. We'll take this opportunity to take a quick break here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio. When we return, we'll look at the Western Bulldogs list as we count down to our 5.15pm start between the Western Bulldogs and Collingwood in this AFLW practice match. You're listening to Carnival on digital radio, live streaming around the world and on the RSN smartphone app. See the listening guide at rsn.net.au. We're starting your Sunday with the best from the bush. Well, the whole town just welcomes everyone. It's a fantastic atmosphere that we have there. There's uh, 20 to 30,000 people and there's just a buzz about it. From around Victoria, Andrew Cuse has the people and the stories in sport and in racing. All the hard work and the efforts to go in preparing the track. It's not easy. It's a weather game, you know what I mean? Uh, one day it can be 33 and the next day it can be uh, 9 degrees with an inch of rain. A Country Breakfast with Andrew Cuse, 6 till 7 Sunday mornings on RSN 927. Oh hi, I'm Maria from Sesame Street. And Elma's Elma. And we're here to talk about driveways. Driveways can be dangerous for children. Or little red monsters. So it's important for parents to always watch their children around them. Yeah, driveways are for cars, not for planes. That's right, Elmo. Play only in safe places away Away from driveways because people in cars may not see you. Uh, Elmo sees you, Maria. Tag, you're in. Oh, here I come, Elmo. <laughs> Remember, driveways are like roads. Always supervise, separate, and see. Learn more at kidsafevic.com.au. 
Hello, this is Michael Felgate. The mighty Racing Pulse Picnic Bus is back and we want you to join us. Set to run. The Racing Pulse Picnic Bus is off to the Hillsville Picnic Races to enjoy real grassroots racing. Racing. Last year we had an amazing day at the picnics, so we're going to do it all again on Saturday the 2nd of February. We'll take our own bus from Melbourne and join us in our marquee. And there are 35 places on the bus to win. Get your name in for the draws now. Head to the competition page at rsn.net.au Hi, I'm Lane Beachley. Cartridges for Planet Art just had its biggest year ever. On average, 13,500 printer cartridges were collected every working day and they were all turned into useful things like pens, garden beds, even road surfaces. So thanks to everyone who recycled from home, work or school. To make the coming year even bigger, check out cartridges.planetart.org Jason Bonington. Tonight's Ballarat Pacing Cup sets up the tab Summer of Glory. Right up on the gate and they are racing. RSN 927 has all the Summer of Glory news, the trainers, drivers, form talk and the course. Here's a go in the Shep Cup. It's the Kiwi. I'm Pat's delight. The tab Summer of Glory. San Carlo leads all the way in the Bendigo Cup. On the home of Victorian trucks racing. RSN 927. No matter what your age, most of us played sport when we were young and there was always one thing that made you want to disappear into a corner or even give up your chosen sport and that was when somebody on the sideline hurled abuse at either you or a teammate. These are the moments that make sport painful for so many kids and the time has come to stop it. I'm Elise Perry from the Southern Stars and my message is simple. Let kids be kids. Let them enjoy their sport without interference. Google play by the rules to find out more. And welcome back to RSN Carnival Digital Radio's live coverage of the AFLW practice match, the Western Bulldogs versus Collingwood for Mars Stadium in Ballarat. Bounced out time at quarter past five. Peter Holden, Matthew Cox, Katie Lambeski with you. And joining us in the commentary position, no, not Debbie Lee, she's not here yet, but um, as you deputised to centre this person <laughs> into the commentary position, talking about the Bulldogs, Bulldog supporter, but also one of our match analysts as well throughout the season, particularly in our VFLW coverage. A warm welcome to Neve Felton. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It's good to be good to be back. Um, and it's weird to be warm. I was like, just got the cord for the microphone stuck on my sandals, which has never happened before. So it's pretty exciting. Well, see, there's a first for everything here at uh, RSN Carnival and our AFLW coverage. We're about to go through the uh, Western Bulldogs list. Is it fair to say when we talk about recruits, it's almost like they're getting two new recruits because they've never had them for a full season. Katie Brennan's back. And at some stage, though, the whispers I'm hearing it might not be to mid-season, is about Huntington back. Yeah, well, pretty much, I think. I think watching them play in the first couple games um, of the AFLW season last year, I was, like, over the moon. I was like, finally, like, we have good fo- a good forward line. I was like, I remember when I was, like, a little kid and, like, watching, like, Chris Grant and then was watching, like, Katie Brennan and Isabel Huntington. I was like, amazing. And then, of course, um, the horrible ACL injury. So, um, yeah, I think for a team that won the premiership and had like suffered a lot of I don't want to say like hardship I feel like that's a bit bit dramatic but like had their fair amount of obstacles to overcome in terms of injuries and then suspensions um, getting the two of them back along with other players that we've been able to recruit um, is going to be really um, really beneficial and it'll be interesting to see how they go today 
Absolutely. Let's have a look at the uh, Bulldogs list as we go through to have a look at uh, some of their ends and uh, who will be added to their lineup. One player that we actually got to see uh, regularly throughout the VFLW season, she starred at the Southern Saints, which is the St Kilda affiliate, is Eleanor Brown. Yeah, she was really impressive uh, for, for the Southern Saints. One of their, I suppose, leaders, uh, you could say, in, in a side that is fairly youthful uh, down there. And, of course, St Kilda heading towards their own AFLW program next year. But uh, she was a vital cog, spent most of the time in the midfield, uh, racking up possessions, kicked a few goals as well. So a really handy player and uh, someone that you'd expect to make an impact for this Bulldogs lineup. Also, as we uh, continue our way uh, down the list, um, I think of Belinda Smith, a quality footballer from WA. And we'll ask Debbie Lee how I uh, came about to, to recruit her. But to have someone that was uh, playing state football for Western Australia, quality player, quality player Fremantle, and all of a sudden she ended up here. Remember, at one stage the original talk was around Dana Hooker coming from Fremantle to the Western Bulldogs. That ended up falling through at the last moment, but they got Smith. Yeah, Looms is a very handy pickup as well. I think she can um, just be real, a real strong, a real strong factor for the dogs this season. Can see how she goes. Taking the chance, obviously, to move out to Victoria, and that's always um, a positive sign. She's really serious about what, really wanting to achieve in Victoria and with the Bulldogs. So yeah, hopefully, we get to see a fair bit of her play. Absolutely. Um, also, uh, another recruit, Salim uh, Moody, um, originally on the uh, Carlton list. We saw her running around in the VFLW. Yeah, it might be a handy, um, handy role player just some, to add a different, uh, I guess, a different cog in the machine for the Bulldogs, if that makes sense. So, yes, again, someone who's who knows what it's like to be in an elite setup. So, hopefully, the Bulldogs can get the most out of her. As we continue the uh, look through the list, um, Ainsley McCarthy was one of the cross-coders that ended up being picked up. Now, there was a... Ashling. Co- Ashling, pardon yeah, me. Big, I know, big Irish, I know, I know. Um, <laughs> Ashling McCarthy, um, uh, she got taken on the primary list, which was interesting because you had uh, Bonner at GWS and Considine at Adelaide Crows taken as a rookie pick. The Bulldogs allowed McCarthy to go into the draft and picked her up that way. Oh, yeah, well, it is interesting, but I suppose it just shows um, how much, like, how highly they rate her. And, um, again, like you were saying, Katie, with players coming across from WA, same thing with players coming from Ireland. Like, you know how serious they are. Um, And I suppose, especially if you're coming over here to do football, you haven't really got much else to do. So, um, you know, know, go down the Great Ocean Road and things like that. But, like, um, yeah, I think it it just shows how highly they rate her and how – um, how badly, I guess, they want two Ashlings on the main list. <laughs> I suppose it makes it easier. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I th- I'm really excited to see. I think any cross-coder is exciting, and I think particularly ones who come from an international background, especially when the... Um, is, is it, it's the GAA, is it still for women's? Yeah, Gaelic a- Athletic Association. Yeah, yeah. and that, that's pretty um, well-respected and popular, and so to come over to a fledgling league um, and take it that seriously, I think... Um, you know they're going to work hard and then you know that they're going to give it their best. Absolutely. And um, as we work our way down, uh, Kate Bartlett, WA, started a couple of years ago in the under-18s Nationals, kicked a bunch of goals, wasn't taken in the draft, and that caught everyone by surprise. Got to play in the under-18 Nationals again uh, last year as a top-ager, as a 19-year-old. Uh, she got picked up, so now there's another KB at the Western Bulldogs, <laughs> but a, a gun forward. 
Yeah, another KB, another gun, gun forward. forward. Yeah, <laughs> another uh, KB to get, kick some goals for them. But yeah, it's a, a, a curious pathway to her uh, playing in a, AFLW, given that uh, she had to go back to the top age program uh, last year and uh, now ended up on the, the Bulldog list. Uh, an exciting talent. Again, there's a lot of talent on this Bulldogs list and considering they won the Premiership uh, last year, you, you wonder now whether they they get some experienced players back, they get this injection of talent in as well. Just uh, where they can go this year. I think if you're a Bulldogs fan, you'd be a little excited. Yeah, I'm really excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 and that's Neve Felton speaking on behalf of all Bulldogs yes. supporters. I am the voice of all Bulldogs supporters. But, yeah, like you said, like to have a team that works so well together and then to add people in, you know, who have come from overseas or interstate who obviously are going to work hard and they're not just being picked because they're star players, like someone who's had to go back and, you know, play as a top Asia and had to really work for it. And even though, yeah, she's kicked a bag of goals, she wasn't just, like, given, you know, the opportunity to play. Um, I think that bodes really well because you're going to have a team of people who are competing, like, for spots but also know how to work hard um, as a team and as individuals. And they're not going to, yeah, just kind of cruise on the fact that they're in a good side. And and, and I wonder whether that is intentional given that... you want to have the right mindset. So, yes, you've got someone who you know is gifted, but just to have that almost reality check to ensure that they are actually committing, that they are doing the hard yards rather than just going through the motions and relying on talent. Yeah, definitely. I think a good um, example of that is Naomi Ferris because when I remember her first game in AFLW last season, I was like, oh, I should have nominated to get drafted. <laughs> like, I wasn't sure what was going on, but she worked really hard during the season and ended up getting... Um, a rising star nomination at the end, and I thought it was really fitting in the grand final how she took like the last mark. I was like, "Yes, Naomi, like this is what you deserve. Like this is so good. You've worked so hard." And then played really well. Took a big step up in the VFLW, especially when um, a lot of the other senior listed players, or the AFLW listed players, um, were taking time off. You know, going overseas, doing all that sort of thing. Um, and so I'm really excited to see how she's um, improved over the summer and how she's going to keep improving. Because if she continues at this trajectory, she's going to be phenomenal. She's a great young kid too. Very quiet, very humble, very hardworking, very skillful. And, yeah, just someone you you really want on your team. So I'm sure she'll do well again this year. The, the, uh, we'll talk about uh, impact in just a moment's time. But joining us here in the commentary box on RSN Carnival Digital Radio, she normally joins us as the coach of the Western Bulldogs in the VFLW. But, of course, uh, today she joins us in the role of the head of women's football at the Western Bulldogs, encompassing their AFLW uh, program. Of course, most of you just know her as a fair dickum legend of women's football. <laughs> it's great to have in the commentary box the one and only Debbie Lee. Debbie, welcome to another season. It's hard to believe, isn't it? Isn't it? Uh, thanks for that introduction. Every time I come up here, I walk out taller. <laughs> Thank you very much. And, and what a day Ballarat's put on for us. Uh, absolutely cracking. And a good crowd in early. I'm estimating at least a 1,000 people here. Yeah, easy, easy. And uh, just a great stadium to, to play at. I mean, the surface is wonderful. It's really, really nice boutique stadium. So uh, really looking forward to the clash today. And Debbie, why don't you get you raise your microphone just a little bit there, just underneath your chin to uh, in front of your mouth. So people can just hear you nice and clearly there at, at home. How does it feel, flashing back to October, you're going into a draft period in a very different situation to where you were the year before. That stage you had the number one pick, we obviously took uh, Isabel Huntington, you got Monique Conti, you got the pick of the litter first. 
of course, considering we also had the expansion clubs, you were shuffled to the back of the pack. How did that change the entire club's focus on how you went about recruiting to build this list for 2019? Um, well, I guess fundamentally the principles still stayed the same. So it was what we were looking for in, in athletes. Whilst we might have been pushed down the order, we still look at you know building character. We want to have a look at what their character like. We think that's really important, what their football attributes are um, and what they can bring to the game. So whilst we weren't at the top of the picking order... We certainly, uh, we, we think we've found a few diamonds, to be honest. Um, and Eleanor Brown is one of those ones today that I'm really interested to see how she goes. I mean, when I first saw Eleanor and her build, and, you know, she's quite tall and young, uh, can she run? And that was something I was really surprised in, in terms of her speed, but also the engine that she has. So, um, yeah, I guess, you know, you, you, you obviously we didn't get, um, you know, Morrison or anyone like that, but uh, we're really pleased with the recruits we were able to pick up. What's your off-season been like since the, the VFLW season finished and then you rolled into the draft and then pre-season training? It's been quite a hectic yes. period of time for and, you. And then adding a six-month-old baby. So, um, <laughs> yes, yeah, one would say there was a bit on. <laughs> uh, so we've got two little Stevie Jeans. She's six months, so hopefully she'll be out there one day um, when it's full-time sport for athletes. But, yeah, look, it, it, it's, I think with the VFL program, that was, you know, and I only joined the club last November, so it was pretty quick. You know, I, I call that program, which I probably shouldn't, but it's like a... a uh, you know, a program on steroids um, in terms of the AFLW and what we expect our athletes to do and how we expect them to perform in a short time. But um, yeah, we'll, we wrapped up the VFL and then um, we'll put some more work into that, which we've already restructured that. Um, but yeah, really looking forward to the AFL season, which kicks off in two weeks, but more importantly, what today looks like. And we were just um, like going back to the who we've drafted and who have drafted and stuff like that. Who are you? So yeah, I know. I tried to remain neutral, but my car keys still yeah. have a bulldog yeah. singer. Yeah. And you just slipped up in the comments. Yeah, I know. That's yeah. okay. And so I, was, I feel like first game back, yeah. good thing. Yeah. We're, it's our practice match too. Like, yeah. um, talking about who you've drafted, um, we were saying before um, you came in, like looking for people who are working really hard and like know how to put the hard yards in. Um, people who have moved from interstate or overseas. And I suppose picking someone like Huntington over... Um, oh. The player for Collingwood. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, Huntington over Malloy. Malloy, thank you. Oh, my so, God. Yeah. need to wake. I did have a coffee on the way here, too. This is <laughs> terrible. But um, over Malloy. Yeah, I actually am. And, um, um, like, is it, like, for somebody who works hard and, like, knows how much effort they have to put in, is that the kind of thing that you're hoping for this season with the team, not you know, like resting on your laurels or having like the premiership hangover sort of thing um, and knowing that you still have to work hard and that everyone else is kind of going to be chasing you. So. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we're going to be the hunted. Um, so we're going to still go and hunt because we don't want to become complacent. That's what can happen after a premiership, as you said. So um, I think the what we've done in terms of um, our eight that we brought into the club, it was really important. We're only going to be as good as those eight. So if we put a lot of investment in them, and we had to bring them up to speed, some of these girls have been playing with each other for three years, and you walk into the room and these girls are rolling out for their first game. So in terms of fundamentals, in terms of understanding the game plan, we had to take them through that and, and spend a bit more time because I, I, I really believe that um, we're only as good as your, the eight that came in. That's 25% of our team. If we don't get that right, um, you know, we've, we've still got to work with the other players, but certainly there's got to be a fast-tracking mechanism there for them.
a couple of imports into the side. We'll first talk about the West Australians. Um, how did the chat come about to get uh, former Fremantle docker Belinda Smith to come over and uh, WA uh, under-18 star Kate Bartlett? Yeah, so Belinda Smith, um, we had a, our eye on her. She obviously um, played for Frio. Didn't get as much time. Um, we've just seen her excel in, in the pre-season. She had a really good pre-season. The thing that I really like about her is uh, she's got a turn of pace and also her skills are pretty silky. Kate Bartlett... Um, she, she could be anything. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see how she goes. She's stepping up. So she's played a lot of youth girls. So she's got to understand what that transition looks like and what it means to be an AFLW player. Um, and that's that's working hard, both attacking and defending. In this game with six in a side, you've got to have both um, tools in your toolkit. So um, we're really pleased to have them both. Um, really transition well. Um, Kate Barlett, young girl, big, big, you know, really big decision for her to come across but I think she's going to I've already seen her grow as a person off the field so if we can help someone do that as well and tick the box for footy we've done you know we've achieved what we're wanting to Should everyone at some stage be fully fit is that a mouth-watering option that you could have a, a Kate Bartlett type out of the goal square and is he Huntington pushing up to centre half forward thus allowing Katie Brennan to roam wherever she feels well, that's the aim. The aim is to have 30 players who are pushing for selection. And, uh, and I think, um, you know, we're, we're there. Round one's going to be hard to select our team. Um, and today is another opportunity for the girls to show their wares and for girls to, you know, really have a, have, give us an opportunity to see them in a match sim- simulation. Decided to go with co-captains this year, Katie Brennan alongside Ellie Blackburn. What was the motivation behind doing that? Um, I think, uh, look, we've got... Two superior leaders in our club, um, and the the, um, the the girls actually, um, you know, they indicated that with their with their feedback. Um, I just we, we just thought that um, Ali did such a great job last year um, in in areas where Katie couldn't because she wasn't visible on the field, and we thought, well, let's 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 uh, move Ali up to join KB. Um, and KB still needs to grow, and she's an exceptional leader. We just thought that that combination worked really well last year. We just made it official. So we saw it work beautifully last year. This is such a quick program. You've got the girls for seven weeks. Hopefully, what have we got? Nine for us, um, including grand final, hopefully. You know, I think we're not, it's not a traditional sport. We don't have to have one solo captain. If we can have two people who respond differently, who can engage differently for a better outcome, um, why wouldn't we do it? And they did it last year. Oh, just, just before Nick jumps in, I'll actually just point at that point with the captains. Is it true that Aussie Rules essentially, the captain is essentially just tossing the coin because you can have your various unfield leaders and unlike, I'd say, a sport for cricket, for example, where a captain will set the field or if there's slow over rates, the captain can be penalised. Essentially, besides the toss of the coin, there's not really a job for, quote-unquote, the captain. Well, I'd have to disagree, because I would say the captain is the extension of the coach. So they're they're responsible for, yes, physically and, uh, you know, out there, they, they, you know, toss the coin. But in terms of the messaging on the field, the... um, the work that goes into players at training, the responsibility they have. Um, there is a whole mechanism that we put in and we expect our leaders um, to do as you know, becoming a leader in, in, in the Western Bulldogs. So it's really important that they are an extension of the coach. And I'm um, talking about the leadership group as well. Um, Izzy Huntington, in her second year, um, up into the leadership group. I was really, I'm not surprised because obviously you know, she's a great person, but um, I guess... Um, really impressed that in her second year, yeah, she'd been elevated. Was that done by? I know some teams do it through like a vote and things like that. Was it? 
Is that how you came to that decision? Yep, yep. it was players' voice. Um, really important to have players owning that space, I think. Um, and I think she's just excelled in terms of her character, what she does off-field, how she's responded with her injury. Um, and people like her. Not just like <laughs> her. She didn't get it for popularity, but she leads. You know, you're a leader because people follow. Um, and people are following her, hence why she got into the group. Excellent. One name that I put out is uh, McCarthy, uh, taken from Ireland through the Crosscoders program. I guess two questions on that. One, um, what did you think of the vision when you saw that Crosscoders side beat that Victorian side actually quite comprehensively down at Sandringham? And second of all, the interesting decision, uh, you took her on the primary list rather than the rookie list like GWS or Adelaide. Yeah, uh, so... I think they've got great talent. I think they've got speed. They keep their feet very different because it's obviously one of the rules in Gaelic football um, not to go to ground. Um, we liked uh, about Ashmack, we liked her ferocity, her competitiveness, um, and her speed. Um, and when, when we saw her, and the reason why we took her on the primary list is because we actually see her, um, you know, playing, playing. We actually see her being in the top 20, you know, 21, 22, 25, whatever the number is. So um, that's why we took her. We took the rookies early too with Moody and um, uh, uh, Belinda Smith. So um, the primary list was an opportunity for us to take Ashmack. Just uh, hit for today's match. Uh, what are we expecting to see from uh, the Bulldogs today? And also against a Collingwood side too, what are you predicting to see from them? Uh, so Bulldogs, what we want to see is a fast-moving, um, controlled football. That's what we want to concentrate on. Um, and allow the girls to have um, show flexibility and show their flair, really important. Uh, from Collingwood, new outfit, a lot of new outfit, a lot of young players. I think they'll play. A, they'll try to make the ground big. Um, they'll try to play uncontested football, possession football um, and it's going to be really interesting Finally one last question before we let you go how sweet did the beer taste out of that Premiership Cup uh, oh, wow. Cup March last year? Uh, how, wow. It was great. It was great. Look, look, the, the journey, uh, anyone that's been involved in a, in a Premiership, it's uh, one of the greatest things. You're, you're all on a mission. Everyone plays a role. And um, to have the ultimate um, was amazing. Um, and it was really great. It was really great, and we should celebrate it. Um, we've got to learn from, you know, we can't become complacent. We've got to learn from, okay, what can we do better? What do we do well? Um, and hopefully roll out another um, opportunity for us to play finals. Well, Debbie, thank you very much for being generous with your time and joining us here on Pre-Game here on RSN Carnival. We wish you all the very best to this practice match. We know points are not up for grabs, but we hope you get to see plenty of things that you've been working on during the uh, pre-season and uh, cross fingers that everyone comes through injury-free. Yeah, very, very true. Thanks for having us. Debbie Lee there, the uh, Women's Football Operations Manager here at uh, the Western Bulldogs. She's in charge of the AFLW and, of course, their VFLW coach. And, of course, they've got that alignment through the VU <laughs> Western Spurs program. I wish we had a camera. Have a look at the smile on Neve's face. She's shaking. She, she, well, she just got tapped on the shoulder. I've never washing her. Yeah, 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 yeah. Were you expecting an autograph or something out of that? I was, I don't know what I was expecting. And, and meanwhile, uh, Katie Lambisky just doing the traditional cool. as old Spurs yes. uh, connection. There's a, there's a secret handshake there's or something like, like that on the way out. Me and Katie right. were like opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah. <laughs> no, never always a good hug. I've known her for nearly 10 years now and it's just been fantastic to work with her for all these years and um, the Bulldogs are very lucky to have her on top of um, leading the, the, the program and uh, it's no surprise that the Dogs won the flag last year with her uh, out there. 
We might take this quick opportunity to take a break here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio. For those that have joined us for a 5 o'clock start, please note that both clubs did agree to delay start to 5.15pm. So we're about 10 minutes away from starting this AFLW practice match between the Western Bulldogs and Collingwood Magpies. You're listening to Carnival on digital radio, live streaming around the world and on the RSN smartphone app. See the listening guide at rsn.net.au. We're starting your Sunday with the best from the bush. Well, the whole town just welcomes everyone. It's a fantastic atmosphere that we have there. There's uh, 20 to 30,000 people and there's just a buzz about it. From around Victoria, Andrew Cues has the people and the stories in sport and in racing. All the hard work and the effort to go with preparing the track. It's not easy. It's a weather game, you know what I mean? Uh, one day it can be 33 and the next day it can be uh, 9 degrees with an inch of rain. A country breakfast with Andrew Cues, 6 till 7 Sunday mornings on RSN 927. Oh hi, I'm Maria from Sesame Street. At Elma's Elma. And we're here to talk about driveways. Driveways can be dangerous for children. Or little red monsters. So it's important for parents to always watch their children around them. Yeah, driveways are for cars, not for playing. That's right, Elmo. Play only in safe places away from driveways because people in cars may not see you. Uh, Elmo sees you, Maria. Tag, you're in. Here I come, Elmo. (laughs) Remember, driveways are like roads. Always supervise, separate, and see. Learn more at kidsafevic.com.au. Hello, this is Michael Felgate. The mighty Racing Pulse Picnic Bus is back, and we want you to join us. Set to run. The Racing Pulse Picnic Bus is off to the Hillsville Picnic Races to enjoy real grassroots racing. Racing. Last year we had an amazing day at the picnics, so we're going to do it all again on Saturday, the 2nd of February. We'll take our own bus from Melbourne and join us in our marquee. And there are 35 places on the bus to win. Get your name in for the draws now. Head to the competition page at rsn.net.au Hi, I'm Lane Beachley. Cartridges for Planet Art just had its biggest year ever. On average, 13,500 printer cartridges were collected every working day and they were all turned into useful things like pens, garden beds, even road surfaces. So thanks to everyone who recycled from home, work or school. To make the coming year even bigger, check out cartridges.planetart.org Jason Bonington. Tonight's Ballarat Pacing Cup sets up the tab Summer of Glory. Right up on the gate and they are racing. RSN 927 has all the Summer of Glory news, the trainers, drivers, form talk and the course. Here's a go in the Shep Cup. It's the Kiwi. I'm Pat Stallone. The tab Summer of Glory. San Carlo leads all the way in the Bendigo Cup. On the home of Victorian Trots Racing. RSN 927. No matter what your age, most of us played sport when we were young and there was always one thing that made you want to disappear into a corner or even give up your chosen sport and that was when somebody on the sideline hurled abuse at either you or a teammate. These are the moments that make sport painful for so many kids and the time has come to stop it. I'm Elise Perry from the Southern Stars and my message is simple. Let kids be kids. Let them enjoy their sport without interference. Google Play by the Rules to find out more. Welcome back to RSN Carnival Digital Radio's live coverage of the AFLW practice match at the one and only Mars Stadium in Ballarat. We were here last year for the Western Bulldogs and Carlton. We're here this year for the Western Bulldogs and the Collingwood Magpies as Collingwood come out to 
A round of applause from the crowd and uh, Coxie, a very good crowd in attendance. Not quite last year where they were packed on the hill as well, but I'm estimating uh, the minimum of a thousand might be working their way towards 1,200, 1,300 people oh, here. I reckon wait for it, Pete, because they will flock to that hill uh, as the sun starts to sit. Still a bit warm outside, but uh, nice evening, sunsets. Uh, not sure whether alcohol's on offer here today on the outer part of the venue, but um, there's geez, a sign nice. that says bar. <laughs> well, that, that'd be a very nice uh, spot to be going. In fact, but you might lose me halfway through the call. Given <laughs> I've already done one game today, but uh, <laughs> no, it is a. It's a very, as Debbie Lee said, it is a very nice stadium here at uh, Mars Stadium. Now they called it Eureka. It's old name. Um, it's uh, it's it's perfect for women's football. It's a good size, good atmosphere, um, and not a, a not an incredibly big ground as as we can have uh, in these regional areas. It, it's it's a good sized venue. As uh, we see, just uh, Nicole Hildebrand passing to Brittany Benici there as they do their warm ups down at the scoreboard end of the ground. I guess Neve. From your perspective, joining us as match analyst, but also when you're hard on your sleeve as a Western Bulldog supporter, (laughs) what are you looking to see out of today's game? Because, as you said, the different scenarios for this year for the Bulldogs, you you are the hunted. Um, Yeah, I think I'd like to see just... um, I was obviously really impressed by, like, Monique Conti winning best on ground in the grand final, and I think what I want to see how, I guess, the skills of the young younger players and the girls like Eleanor Brown come up with the leadership of people um, like Brennan Blackburn, Mackie, um, like things like that, like how those two, I guess, um, like where they've come from in their quote-unquote football journeys um, and how that works together to have a really good team because I think that worked really well last year is that the young girls were very skilled and willing to work really hard because they knew... You know, not many people have been afforded this opportunity, and then as well, working hard from the older girls, but with that experience as well of more, I guess, like football knowledge and you know, how, how you set up. I know it's a different sport, like but just quickly in the WBBL, the Sixers versus the Renegades. Uh, the Renegades need 13 off the last over with wickets in hand, and at least Perry has the ball. So there's, there's just some thinking for you. We'll keep you up to date with that. And uh, just quickly as well, there's another AFLW practice match going on as we speak. It's between the Brisbane Lions and the GWS Giants. And uh, at the major break, it's the Giants 5-3-33, leading the Lions 2-3-15. Now, we do remember in last year's game, as pointed out by Kiwi, the Giants belted uh, the Lions. But, of course, the Lions would end up making the grand final and GWS would end up falling short. As the Western Bulldogs come out to the ground, they're home away from home. Katie Lambeski, time to ask you the question. The Collingwood Magpies, as we discussed earlier, a side that had been gutted by North Melbourne and other clubs poaching them and players delisting or whatever, a completely different look to what they had two years ago. What are you expecting to see out of this practice match for them? It's a great unknown. It really is. It's a different-looking side, but I expect... I expect their VFLW contingent to really step up once again. I expect a different sort of game style where they really keep it simple and try to just get it forward as much as possible. Um, yeah, I expect the Dogs to get the win today, but the, obviously the result is secondary to what you get out of this game in terms of game style and all of that. It's a chance to practice. It's a really, ch- it's a really good chance for the players to step up and really take uh, take their chances as well. I'm, uh, I'm optimistic on Collingwood. I think they'll go okay, but uh, the Bulldogs will end up being a bit too strong. 
And we should say for the uh, Renegades, a boundary, nine or five required. <laughs> and we do point, and the reason why we also point out the Renegades as well is because there's one player who didn't play a practice match today who would have played for North Melbourne. Jess Duffin, of course, is playing for the Renegades today in that semi final. Yeah, just a little omission. I think it's a fairly good excuse playing in a semi final for the WBBL, but continuing both careers, best and fairest last year in the VFL. W, uh, Jess Duffin, so he's had a very, very promising uh, 12 to 18 months in, across multiple sports. It's very curious, of course, that Duffin continues her WBBL career while Emma Carney ended up giving it up to concentrate on AFLW full-time. And we talk about Monique Conti, which everyone was worried about last year with the uh, uh, WNBL commitments going, which she'd be conked out having to play that finals, then play AFLW. And, of course, she ended up cruising through in the end, and as you said, Nick, winning that grand final best and fairest. Mm, that youthful exuberance, you know? Like, <laughs> it's the best time to do two sports. To be young but and just, full of energy. Yeah, yeah. I know, but um, I'm only like... You're young. <laughs> two years <laughs> older than her or something, but... Um, <laughs> oh, man, those were the days. Re- retired in your prime. Yeah. Exactly, but um, no, I think in people like Conti and Duffin, it's just kind of like, oh, what am I doing? <laughs> like, well, like how, how does one balance both? But again, with Carney, I think because she was offered that role with the AFL and now her role with North Melbourne, um, yeah, I think she was particularly persuaded to stick to uh, to football instead of both. And um, if somebody's smart, they'll do the same for Jess Duffin because it would be you know, winning, like we said, the VFOW Best and Ferris, albeit in a team that may not have performed as well. Um, she's still obviously a key player. And to um, if you can convince her to stick to one, I think you would do very well. Renegades need seven or three, by the way, in that WBBL game. Another cliffhanger, we should mention the other WBBL game. The Heat beat the um, Thunder with a catch on the boundary Oof. to win the game. Four to send it into um, the extra inning, into the um, super overs, or six to win it. And uh, yes, right on the boundary, the catch was taken. So uh, that was that game earlier. And this one, of course, uh, going down to the wire. Ali Blackburn looks like she's going to be the one that gets the coin toss duties as Stephanie Chianchi comes down to uh, meet and shake hands. Empire tosses the coin in the air, and it is won by Steph Chianchi, who will kick towards the railway former, end. Former Bulldogs captain as well, so... That's why. Yeah. <laughs> no, good Just point. Yeah, it out. Good point. Yes, exactly. Just she come with her notes and, today, Neve. Yeah. You could have said she stayed at the Bulldogs. She would have won a premiership, but of course she didn't have that choice. She was yeah, I know, and it. I'm still mad about it, but it's fine. <laughs> calm down, Neve. Calm down. Calm down. <laughs> Not too far away from a start time, so uh, as the players are in their huddles, time to get some predictions. Katie Lembeski, first of all, who will win today and by how much? Uh, I'm going to say Western Bulldogs by 20 points. Uh, as, we, as we've been talking about, really strong across the board. Really excited to see their, their debutants as well today. So a strong list all in all. I think they'll get it done today by about 20 points. Three off the last ball to win for the Renegades, by the way. They need three off the last ball. <laughs> Neve Felton, who will win today and by how much? Um, I really don't like tipping against the Bulldogs because I feel like um, that jinxes some, but I'm going to say Bulldogs by 10 points. Matt- be objective. Matthew Cox, <laughs> your verdict today? Yeah, I think it might be a slightly bigger margin than that. I think the Bulldogs will win and win uh, quite comfortably today. I just There's too many question marks at the moment over this Collingwood side. i want to be proven wrong. I want them to, to go into the season with a bit of hope and optimism, but uh, I'm 
Just for me, there's just too many question marks at the moment for Collingwood. And for yours truly, I think the Bulldogs today will win by about uh, four goals and a pretty open, free-flowing game as uh, the both sides get into position just quickly as well. Um, quite surprised that um, this being a practice match, no AFLW home game for the Western Bulldogs scheduled in Ballarat as of yet, and we're into season three. Yeah, I just don't think there's enough games in this, the home games, particularly in the season, enough to do that. I think it would be nice and it's something to seriously look at once the season actually expands, not just in teams but in rounds as well. That's an important factor. But, yeah, fingers crossed they can get an AFLW game out to this ground. Given the crowd they got here last year for the practice match and given that they are still coming through the gate that I can just see through yep. the uh, grandstand over the the, the other side of the yep. ground, yeah, they they need to get, to get a game up here. Yeah, and I think as well because it's free, people will filter through as the day goes on. They've got other things have wound up. Uh, cricket, whatever, they can come, <laughs> come down afterwards. Speaking of cricket, yep. Pete. Yes. Uh, match tied. <laughs> oh. That's high. Uh, now we've got to do two games at once. To, to get us underway, <laughs> here is Matthew Cox. Thank you very much, Peter Holden, as the Bulldogs attempt to win the first clearance on hands and knees there was Lamb. Unable to get rid of it, the umpire says, I'll have to come in and sort it out. In the middle of Mars Stadium here in Ballarat... This time the clearance is won by Collingwood. Stratton sends it straight up the corridor. Bouncing ball inside, attacking 50. Sitting out the back, waiting for it there was Sophie Alexander. Unable to take it cleanly. Ball spills free momentarily. Bulldogs happy to see it across the boundary line. And we will get a throw in. Just beside the left behind post. Midland Highway end of Mars Stadium. Beautiful conditions here today. Hardly a breath of wind. And the sun is shining. Ball tossed back into play again. Collingwood at the fall of the ball. Good tackle by Lamb. He's able to hold things up. And we'll get another stoppage as we hit the minute mark in this opening term. Both sides yet to score. Up by gets ready to throw the ball high in the air. Looks like Leighton's going to be trying to do the ruck work. One out by the doggies on that occasion. Ball in heavy traffic. Trying to run through there was Lambert. Couldn't quite pick it up. Ball got out the back door. Got away from Hannah Scott. The ball goes over the boundary line and out of bounds. We'll call for a throw in in the pocket. And it is the uh, Pies attacking. Leighton again putting a hand up to do the ruck work. Uh, she's going up against Kimberly Rennie. As we wait for the ball to be thrown back into play. Over the heads of both rucks. Rennie. Tries to tap it forward. Lambert had the footy. Wanted to give it to Kiochi. Missed her. Bump Brennan off the footy. All wrapped up. Ball spills out now. Try to get in there as Holly Whitford. Can't get it out. Brennan over the top of her. And we'll call for another bounce. Right on the edge of the centre square. Near half forward for the Collingwood Magpies. So it's a fairly stop-start start to this AFLW practice game in Ballarat. Hannah Scott gets boot to ball. And... Kicks it into the middle where the mark is taken for the Bulldogs by Emma Mackey. Goes wide with the kick. Hits up a target in Belinda Smith. Plays on. Bulldogs centre wing out of sight. Kick not the greatest. Made Lachlan work for it. She's still going. Two to beat here. Lachlan and she won out. Flicks the handball across to her teammate who kicks it inside attacking 50. Bouncing ball there for Emma Mackey who kicks it around her body. Ball top of the goal square, bouncing, sitting underneath it. There was Hayley Wilds, just came off the side of her boot. Big tackle laid on. 
And the umpire says, give it to me, I will ball it up just inside the boundary line, deep inside attacking 50 for the Bulldogs. Three minutes gone in this opening term. Early impressions, Katie Lambeski. Yeah, I think the difference in skill level is looking pretty stark already. The Bulldogs are able to really work it down the far, the far wing and really starting to make use of it now. Trying to get a hand pass out of there, Lachlan. Hurry kick around the corner was smothered on that occasion by McCarthy. And the umpire blow the whistle on call for a ball up. So McCarthy playing deep forward there for the Western Bulldogs. Recruited out of the Crosscoders program. Ball is thrown up in the air. Right quick done by Brennan. Quickly got down to Lamb. Awkward bouncing ball the top of the square. Trying to keep it out there with Sophie Casey for the Magpies. Traffic jamming goes Lachlan. 25 minutes out from the Dogs goal. Umpire comes in. Crosses himself and he says he'll call for another ball up. We've gone nearly four minutes in this first term. No score either side. Still deep inside attacking 50 for the, bu- for the Bulldogs. Lachlan going to ground. Brennan now wrapping her opponent up in a tackle. We'll get a ball up. Still about 20 metres out from goal. Tap one down on that occasion by McCarthy. Top of the square for the Bulldogs. Collingwood able to escape the danger zone as the ball dribbles over the boundary line and out of play. Still inside attacking 50 though, so no last touched rule coming into play there. It'll be a boundary throw-in. Umpire moves 10 metres in. A couple of the new rules for the AFLW season in 2019. Lamb able to fire the handbird at Blackburn goes back to Lamb, whacks it on the boot. High ball, top of the goal square. Katie Brennan takes the chest mark directly in front on the paint, Neve Felton. Yeah, looking uh, very tanned, Katie Brennan. I noticed the Bulldogs had their photo day during the week and there was somebody left, some middle-aged woman left a comment being like, oh, you've all had a Bondi Sands bar. (laughs) So um, Katie Brennan looking very sun-kissed in the summertime football. (laughs) As she comes in. And kicks the goal. So Cody Brennan gets the first here for the Western Bulldogs. Move to one straight six. Collingwood yet to score. Five gone in this opening term on RSN Carnival. Katie Lambeski. Be interesting to see how the um, the new out of bounds rule, the thro- the twenty meter throw in rule works. I think the the idea is to speed it up, and I think I'm on board with it. The the idea is good there, but and I think you just saw a little bit there. Ali Blackburn able to feed it through, get the kick in, really put into the middle of the ground better chance of scoring and Katie Brennan made the most of it worked well this morning at Icon Park and also in that game yeah. we called last year Pete where it was trialled between Essendon and Carlton in the VFLW and that occasion they also had the enlarging goal squares which they have not introduced in the competition this yeah. year it's taken away by Wilds <laughs> kick towards the half forward flank here comes Hildebrand oh, great solid bump and collects the football gets the hand pass out got it across to Jordan Allen gave it back to Hildebrand Hildebrand coming to the wing on the broadcast side. Went over the head of several players. Chasing after it is uh, Sophie, uh, pardon me, is not Sophie Casey, but Lauren Butler. Butler now receives from Leighton, who kicked it towards the half-forward flank position. Foot race on close towards the boundary line. Spark going after it for the Bulldogs. Put the bump in. She got bumped herself and went to ground. That bump coming on courtesy of Sarah Rowe. And the umpire says it's all locked in there. We'll call for a ball up as the player that tried to come away with it was Sophie Alexander. One straight six, the Western Bulldogs. Magpies yet to score. Umpire looks for the nominating rucks. Throws it high in the air again. Winning the tap, Fowler. Benici caught immediately by Blackburn. Got the hand pass away, though. Ball in heavy traffic. 
Weaving away through his Angelica Gogos. Got pulled down, but got a kick away on the left. Only for it to be intercepted by Nicole Hildebrand. She's only been on the ground for about a minute after coming, after starting on the bench, but she's already making an impact. The former Brisbane Lions player. Long kick inside 50. Only one home, though, is Lauren Spark for the Bulldogs. Chips it short to Ellie Blackburn. Still just inside defensive 50 on the broadcast side. Misjudged the kick there to Bailey Hunt over the top of her head. Benici gets clobbered. Umpire says, play on. Now he says, give it to me, I will ball it up. Just outside, attacking 50 up against the boundary line in front of very healthy crowd building here at Mars Stadium. For this AFLW practice game, as Benici will be seen over the boundary line and out of play. Our match analyst today is Neve Felton. Yeah, I think the um, biggest difference visibly between the two sides is the difference between the best players. You can really pick out, like, Nick Hildebrand immediately made an impact. I was watching her warm-up before and I was like, oh, interesting that she's not on. Um, but, yeah, the big difference between Collingwood's players and then their best. Crowd nudging, fifth, uh, nudging uh, 1,500, uh, I'd say close to three times the crowd we saw at Icon Park this morning as the kick by the Doggies will go over the boundary line out of bounds on the full free kick to Stacey Livingston. Livingston, originally out of the Port Melbourne Colts, played for a while at the Eastern Devils, now kicks it in towards the forward line, awkward bouncing ball, spark was back there and passed it on the ground after it was spoiled momentarily by Holly Whitford. And the umpire says it's caught in between six players, so we'll ask for the football back. And we'll throw the ball up in the air and re-go again. At the 50-metre line, high in the air it goes. Trying to win the contest on that occasion after flying through the year with Celine Moody, recruited out of Carlton to the Western Bulldogs. Hand pass out of the pack by the Magpies goes nowhere. In goes Kiochi. And the umpire comes back and says, let's call for another ball up. One straight six, the Bulldogs. Magpies yet to score. As we tick towards nine minutes in the opening term on RSN Carnival Digital Radio, Benici's tackled by Blackburn. And the umpire letting it go eventually says, give it to me, I will ball it up. Just inside attacking 50 in front of the social clubs, the North Ballarat social club rooms here at Mars Stadium. It's hustled around. Cloud that time applying the tackle for the Bulldogs and we'll get a, another ball up. It's stop start at the moment here at Mars Stadium. No real rhythm to the game at the moment. Scott characteristically whacks it on the boot. High ball thumped out of play by a former Devils teammate there in Livingston. And we will get a boundary throw in between centre wing and half forward on the broadcast side for Collingwood. At the moment, three-quarter time in the other practice match between the Lions and the Giants. And the Giants lead the Lions at the moment 60-21. to 21. As the ball is thrown back into play. Doing the ruck work there was Moody. Umpires pulled out a free kick. And says there's a holding on in the contest. And it is going the way of the Western Bulldogs. Currently leading by a goal. And taking the free kick there, Celine Moody. Looking around, half-back flank, broadcast side. Got a player all by herself there, Kate Bartlett, the other KB. <laughs> Bartlett works her way up the wing. Oh, very close to the boundary line, just marking inside. Lachlan now going with a short kick on the left to the original KB, Katie Brennan. She's That's the original KB in women's football, of course. Not the one with the bad came over from the men's game. <laughs> As going short to Ali Blackburn. Blackburn with the footy. 
It's short, chip, 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 kick footy, and she tried to go in the direction of Blinda Smith, but waited it too much, went over her head. Gogos goes in after the footy, stripped of it by Kiyochi. Oh, the ball popped out to Belinda Smith. She got it back again, went around to the circle, gave it back to Lachlan. Flat mongrel punt on the left, and it's away to the right-hand side. 1-1-7, the Western Bulldogs. Collingwood yet to score with their thoughts, Nee Felton. Yeah, I think when um, the Bulldogs are getting it in their forward 50, it's much more free-flowing. There seems to be a real... Um, effort to get it into the corridor whereas Collingwood is just like let's push it forward push it forward doesn't matter what and um, it's much much slower moving in the Collingwood 50 so Collingwood bring it out of the defensive goal square get another new rule in play there as they just run without kicking it to themselves Lambert got crunched on centre wing after she got the handball away Collingwood with a bit of movement Guttridge receives the ball, still on the centre wing. They go across to Butler, in a bit of trouble. Lambert got back up, got tackled by three and pings for holding the footy. Attacking her like a pack there. The Western Bulldogs and Tiana Ernst will end up with the free kick. Defensive side of the broadcast wing. Lamb just coming on from the interchange bench. That was the target. Went straight over her head though and out on the full. So Kiochi to take it. Still on the centre wing broadcast side in the shadow of the grandstand. Lamb got a fingertip to it. Ball over the boundary line and out of play. This is a little exchange there between Lambert and Blackburn, Cody Lambeski. A bit of a how you doing over there. It's always, always yeah, a bit how, of fun to see. It was Christmas, New Year. <laughs> As the umpire throws the ball back into play. Winning out on that occasion, Moody. Try to tap it forward, Lambert. Try to put it to the advantage there of Sarah Rowe to run on to. Over Rannick. Went back. Got it again. Rowe, she's quick. By hand to Kiyochi. Kiyochi turns around on the left. No one to go to. Thank you very much, Lawrence Back. She'll have the footy in the back pocket. Looks further afield for some options. Congested play ahead. Goes to the pack. Oh, KB flow at the back. Now Lamb. Dribbles up the line. At the feet there of Katie Bartlett. Livingston picked it up, though. Got dragged to ground. Got a kick away. Only for it to be intercepted. I think it's Gamble there staying the mark. And the Bulldogs have the opportunity to clear from half-back. Impressions from Katie Lambeski. Yeah, Bulldogs, I think it's clear what they're trying to do. Just as Debbie Lee said in the pre-match. Just very focused on trying to retain possession. I think the wind has picked up a little bit down this wing and it's creating a bit of havoc, though. Collingwood end up with the footy. Casey takes the mark. Goes inboard with the kick. Darcy under a heap of pressure. Got taken high and will receive the free kick. The advantage is taken by Goulet. Goes inside, attacking 50. Great kick to hit up a target. About 45 metres out on a 45-degree angle. And it's Sophie Alexander with the ball in her hands, Katie Lambeski. If she looked to send it high up to the goal squares to see if someone can maybe knock it through. May even go through, go for it herself. Looks good, though. Yeah, oh, it was a little oh, helicopter. Oh. It's hit the woodwork. It's like a flying saucer. Yeah, <laughs> spinning in an oval shape there. First score of the match coming at the 14-minute mark of this opening term. Collingwood, one behind, trailing the Western Bulldogs by a major. As we wait for the ball to be kicked back into play. Short kick to Blackburn. Two bites the cherry, pulls it in. Still 25 metres out from defensive goal. Lamb on the lead, ignored. Goes longer up the line. Trying to put hands up there. Sophie Casey brought it to ground. Quick little hand pass out by Dragon. To try and move it forward. Rowe gave it off. Ball in heavy traffic. Forward pocket for the Magpies. They've turned it over unless a tackle is paid. And it is to guess who? Jamie Lambert. 
And she'll get the resulting free kick. And this might be within her range if she can give it a roost from 45 metres out. Lambert is looking to dish off with Kiyochi at her left. Pardon me, not Kiyochi, rather. By Brazel. Brazel manages to spot up Jordan Membry. One-two by to the cherry. The umpire pays the mark. Ali Blackburn was disputing it. I thought he said play on it first. Hang on. He has. Yeah, he's ball played. Uh, no, ball he's got up. ball up. The crowd cheered. Ali Blackburn said what's going on, and now the ball's back with the umpire. Yeah, he had his hands up for play on, and then he just... Hmm. Oh, his first game too. Practice yeah. game. <laughs> Everyone dusting off the cobwebs here at Mars Stadium. Sparks sitting underneath the fall of the ball, takes the mark. Top of the defensive goal square for the Western Bulldogs. Booming kick out wide. Hits up the target out there in Smith. Goes inboard with the kick. Again, just misjudged. A couple of times they've done that, the Western Bulldogs, early. Benici ends up with the ball in her hands. Goes short. Comes off hands on that occasion as well. Stratton under pressure. They work the ball towards half-forward Collingwood. But then go without it. Hunt mopping up for the Western Bulldogs. Topoke kick was a little cute. It's just ricocheting off players left, right and centre at half-forward for Collingwood. Eventually the umpire says, give it to me, I will ball it up. Ticked over the 16-minute mark in this opening term. 1-1-7 the Western Bulldogs. One behind Collingwood. In this AFLW practice match on RSN Carnival, Lambert up and under kick, two on one, favoured the Western Bulldogs, and they take the intercept mark through. I was going to say it was Birch, but it's not Birch out there, that's Bonnie Toogood. And goes short to the dock in Tiana Ernst. Bad super over, by the way, from the Renegades in the WBBL. Uh, it's the Sixers who only need seven runs to win off that super over. As Wiles now with a footy decides to switch to go back to the good doctor. Deanna Ernst with the footy, half-back flank. Looks further afield. Calling for it is Brennan. Goes in her general oh, direction. Geez. Second time this quarter, Ernst has put one out in the full. But you can see there that the, the breeze has picked up coming yep. from, uh, I suppose that's the southerly direction. Yep. Brazzle with the it's footy. It's starting to play up a bit really now. Dogs just need to be a bit more quicker though. Brazzle plays on, had to get going quickly before McCarthy ran her down. Intercepted by Tugood in the back line for the Doggies. Will go short, and it works out okay. Bulldogs defence, Lee Felton, holding up solid. Yeah, Spark and Tugood have been really, really good. I think between the two of them had the five intercept marks in the back half. It's been too good. Mm. All on half back. Really sparking the, the drive forwards, you know. <laughs> oh, Bartlett flew, couldn't bring it in. The other KB at the fall of the ball, coughed up the handball. Casey sends it inside, attacking 50. Now for Collingwood, again, no one home. Spark, first one there, kicks it across the face oh. of goal and has turned it over. The mark yeah. taken by Jordan Membry, 45-degree angle, 35 metres out from goal, Nee Felton. Yeah. Mm. Commentator's curse. Yeah. <laughs> well, just before that, I thought it was good. Um, Spark going for the ball. Um, and Bonnie too good, making sure looking around that she didn't have to lay a shepherd because my one gripe with women's football is that shepherding has not always been the first Membry's option for some people. Kick is offline and to the left, a minor score to round out the opening term here at Mars Stadium. Looks like we're playing 18 minute quarters uh, as it's refreshed. Uh, so. <laughs> 
The Collingwood side, two behinds in that opening term. The Western Bulldogs, 1-1-7. Our only goal kicker so far has been Katie Brennan, who Katie Lambeski has been everywhere on the ground. Yeah, she looks looking really good. Really positive to see, really positive for the Bulldogs to see her in some really good early form. Bulldogs just need to play it a bit more faster, though. I think the the skill level is there, but I think they've been caught they've been caught too often in this wing. They really need to get the switch on, try to play out that other way. Collingwood have been really their hunger, their attack on the ball has been really good. It's been really positive for them, and they've been dominating the territory. But just that. Just that skill level is kind of lacking that that execution as well. So a bit of an arm wrestle here at the moment. We might take this opportunity to take a break here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio, the RSN Racing and Sport app, and rsn.net.au, where the Western Bulldogs 117 lead Collingwood to behinds. You're listening to Carnival on digital radio, live streaming around the world and on the RSN smartphone app. See the listening guide at rsn.net.au. It's Anna Mears winning gold. Hey, I'm Anna Mears. Winning gold at the Olympics was an incredible feeling and having my biggest rival who I'd just beaten right up next to me and lift my hand in victory topped off an amazing moment. We'd had our fair share of clashes over the years but in the end we both respected each other and that's what really counts in sport. Be gracious in victory and in defeat. To keep your sport inclusive, safe and fair, go to playbytherules.net.au. Joe McKinnon is Talking Horses. Welcome back to Talking Horses. Hope you're enjoying the program. Every Sunday right through the summer season, Joe talks with the people raising thoroughbreds to be our next generation of stars. She's such a beautiful mare and importantly, how is she this morning after this slowly? Plus the watch on the big summer carnivals and an eye on the summer sales. Talking Horses. Join me Sunday mornings from 7 right throughout summer. On RSN 927. Jason Bonington. Tonight's Ballarat Pacing Cup sets up the tab Summer of Glory. Right up on the gate and they are racing. RSN 927 has all the Summer of Glory news, the trainers, drivers, form talk and the court. Here's a go in the Shep Cup. It's the Kiwi. I'm Pat's delight. The tab Summer of Glory. San Carlo leads all the way in the Bendigo Cup. On the home of Victorian Trots Racing. RSN 927. Children drown in portable pools every year in Australia. Others are hospitalised because of non-fatal drowning incidents. Young children can easily topple in and drowning is silent and happens quickly. Royal Life Saving and Consumer Affairs Agencies across Australia are reminding people to take important safety steps like active supervision of kids in and around portable pools. The question is, can you make it safe? For more information and simple safety tips, visit royallifesaving.com.au forward slash make it safe. Get back to work. But I am working. What, your latest Instagram post. I'm lodging a free dial before you dig inquiry online. Visit au to use this free service or call zero during business hours. Welcome back to Mars Stadium in Ballarat for our AFLW practice match. Coverage of the Western Bulldogs and Collingwood Magpies. Western Bulldogs 117, Collingwood 2 behind. Peter Holton, Matthew Cox, Neve Felton, Katie Lambeski with you. Uh, just quickly, as we said, at the end of the third term um, with the Giants and uh, the Lions, uh, not only the 39-point lead there to the Giants, but we can tell you that Cora Staunton has kicked three goals and Yvonne Bonner, their other Irish recruit, has kicked one. Yeah, just a, a little statement there. 
all of a sudden I've just got this feeling if McCarthy does well and if Considine does well at Adelaide, of course that game being streamed tonight on the AFL NTV YouTube page, uh, the Crows versus uh, Fremantle, if, if they go well, all of a sudden, because remember it's amateur over there in Ireland, there might be an AFLW raid on what's going on in Ireland because as pointed out by Staunton as well, the AFLW season doesn't um, clash um, with their LGAA season. The kind of symbiotic kind of relationship, similar to what the W League has, the W League has with uh, the Major League Soccer with the women's mm-hmm. over there. So that that could be very handy. I think they've blazed they've blazed the trail here. I think there's a real opportunity for Irish talent to come and really make su- a success of it. Cora Staunton really had a strong season last year. Seems like she's picking up where she left off and not going to be a one season wonder. So. Yeah, positive signs early for the Giants. I think my favourite thing about Cora Staunton is because they don't celebrate goals in Gaelic football. How when she <laughs> kicked like she kicked some phenomenal goal, and they all went to like go pat her on the back, and she just like ran away from them. So um, I hope the other Irish recruits like took note because otherwise, you know, you look like you just don't care. But <laughs> that was probably my favourite. Too thing. cool. Yeah, too cool. Like yeah, yeah, I do this all the time. <laughs> That's the hipster opinion from Nick Felton. Yeah, box. But I suppose as well with their goal kicking is they haven't had, because they've been playing with a different ball their whole lives, they haven't picked up any bad habits. So you kind of hope in a way that once they got the hang of it, that they would be um, pretty good goal kickers because they're just learning what they've learned at the elite level. As we hear that the Collingwood Magpies just break from their huddle right directly in front of us, the uh, Bulldogs speaking at theirs. And we'll be getting underway very shortly with this uh, second term at Mars Stadium. Crowd now in excess of 1,500. Uh, terrific crowd. And again, it just leaves me scratching my head uh, why we haven't had soon a uh, Western Bulldogs uh, uh, game for premiership points here in the AFLW. But, and it'll be interesting to see, um, um, Katie, with North Melbourne, when they open the season down in Hobart, yep. they play some games in Tassie um, when the games go out to the more regional centres of course we saw Collingwood take a game out to Morwell what the numbers are like there and, and are they in a way picking up from where the old Nab Cup used to leave off and I guess some JLT Community Series games of taking the game to the bush I think the, the, the issue with North is that it's traditionally a smaller supporter base and that might be in, that might be an issue there mm. but also that presents an opportunity for them out in the regions grow your, mm. grow your supporter base maybe that's a whole different um, a whole different area for them to kind of look at and translate that to to, big, to bigger home crowds and all that good stuff. So, yeah, embrace the regions. I think it only can be a good uh, good thing for you. And just quickly, early thoughts, Shani Layton in the rack for uh, the Magpies to start that first term? Looking okay. Um, need a bigger sample size, but she's setting an early marker, which is good. I'll be interested to see just how much she plays there. But uh, doing okay to start with, I think. To get us underway for the second term here on RSN Carnival, here's Matthew Cox. 117, the Western Bulldogs leading Collingwood two behinds in this AFLW practice game. Oh, by the way, Renegade's lost in the cricket. <laughs> <laughs> a bit deflated there, Peter Holden. has. It should be a second stoppage in the middle of Mars Stadium. Bathed in sunshine this afternoon. Breeze now coming straight across the ground too. It's picked up halfway through that first term and has continued to pick up during that quarter time break. Third stoppage, still in the middle of Mars Stadium. Haven't moved outside the circles. Comes to ground. As Collingwood try to extract it. Again laying on a, a fierce tackle there is Lamb. Who has been 
pretty good so far for the Western Bulldogs in this practice match. Has been in the thick of it. Ball bobbling around. Again, she's involved in this passage of play, this time tackling Benici into the turf. I reckon this is our fifth ball up to start this uh, second term, Pete. I'll see if they can break it up for you as the ball goes high in the air. One out on that occasion by Rennie. They're taken away there by the Pies. Memory had a kick smothered for the deck, and Memory had to go in again and help with the support of the tackle. And the umpire will come in and call for another ball up. Fowler in there as well. And we'll reset play. Four to centre. Pies attacking the scoreboard end. Players jump for it or miss it. Blackburn trying to give a backhander. All wrapped up again. Yet another stoppage. Early thoughts, Nate Felton. Yeah, I think um, it would be pretty good if the game <laughs> broke up a little bit, but I suppose it's to be expected um, in a practice game especially. Hurry kick from Dargan going forward for Collingwood. As it ends up in the hands of Layton. Flick the handball across to Rowe, who got tackle time. We'll get a free kick directly in front, 30 metres out. It's a fair free kick to quarter a bit high, but I think what might be happening is the midfields are cancelling each other out a bit. They're pretty, they're pretty even, I think, on the face of it. But Collingwood just seemed to really cover the exits really well and not really allowing any space. I think the, their job today is to kind of stop the Bulldogs' rhythm, and they've succeeded in doing that so far. So Sarah Rowe comes in for Collingwood nice looking drop punt sails straight over the top of the goal umpire's hat Collingwood get their first goal of 2019 and move to 1-2-8 hitting the front for the first time today the Western Bulldogs 1-1-7 two and a half minutes into the second term here on RSN Carnival Need Felton yeah so uh, she's their Irish Recruit, is that Sarah Rowe? That's correct, yes. Yes, oh, for a second I was like, huh. but beautiful drop punt, therefore proving my point, they, they haven't learned any bad habits. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering whether her kicking style was going to be similar to Cora Staunton, who almost yeah, kicks around the corner, but uh, she's but certainly more traditional. been working on it over the uh, winter leading into the summer, as the ball is now in dispute in the middle of the ground. Ball popped out, trying to get a hurry kick away as Cullinan got knocked over in the process. McLeod fed out the hand pass to Lamb. Lamb left Buddha, trying to go forward to find Mackey. Mackey dispossessed the football by Benici. Ball spilled out, passed the opportunity on the wing. Now the right boot kick going close to the boundary line, trying to keep it in place here. Darcy going up against Lauren Sparks. Spark did well to get it to the advantage of Blackburn. Hurry kick a wall under pressure. Trying to go through his Dargan. Dargan lays a tackle. In goes Darcy. Did she get it high? Did she duck? Ducks at the umpire. And now is going to pay holding the football. And that will be a free kick going the way of the Western Bulldogs. Coming up with it is going to be they're just talking between the Lamb already. The umpire says, Lamb, it is with you. So Lamb on the left boot. Going in the Katie Brennan direction. Spoiled from behind at the last moment. Ball on centre wing. Hurried chain of hand passes. Getting caught with it there was Illish Ross, who had to cough it up. Going in once more. Whitford nailed into the ground. Umpire says no prior opportunity. We'll call for a ball up. Match analyst Katie Lembeski. Yeah, really like the way Katie Brennan presented for that ball. I think it might be time for her to have a bit of a spell in midfield just to try to see if she can break things up a bit and be that, uh, that X factor through there. Again, ball just bobbling around centre wing on the broadcast side. Stratton able to get a clearing kick. Too good. Applies the tackle, but her opponent didn't have the footy. So a free kick will go the way of Lambert. 
about 70 metres from home, decides to try and centre the ball. Birch floating across, got a fist involved, brought the ball to ground and then wraps her opponent up. We'll get a ball up at centre-half forward, approaching five minutes in the second term on RSN Carnival, a one-point lead to the Magpies. 1-2-8 plays 1-1-7. They were able to get a toe poke kick away from the contest. Rowe went without it. Bulldogs desperate in defensive 50 to hold things up. The umpire shapes and says holding the ball. Collingwood get the free kick. Hannah Scott not the happiest player out on the park after that decision. So Collingwood have it. 45 metres out. Slight angle. Comes in with the kick there. Shevlin fell at the top of the goal square. Ernst lays on the tackle. Collingwood still with the ball in their hands. Shevlin again with the footy. An up and under kick. Flying. No mark taken. Blackburn clearing kick for the Western Bulldogs. Out towards the centre wing. Out of side. Chasing after it is Illish Ross. Almost beat the tackler, did so to get the handball away. Fumbling now, Casey has to retreat backwards. Just out of the grasp of Hildebrand, but she has time to gather. Hildebrand nearly stumbled over her own feet as she kicked it around the corner on the left. Set a task there for Ash Brazel. And Brazel, under all kinds of pressure, has coughed it up. Then goes back in and lays a brilliant tackle. And the umpire says, G-O-N-E, gone. Holding the football, Tessa Boyd. And a free kick game the way of Ash Brazel, who now kicks it towards the broadcast side. Was trying to find there the Pies player. And the umpires put out a free kick. I think it was Stratton. He got dumped into the ground on that occasion by Smith. Stratton. Long and high towards the wing position. Only to be intercepted on that occasion and taking the mark. The tall timber of Celine Moody. Moody. Hand passes off to Hannah Scott. Scott with space to work. Gets on the right boot. Lachlan out the back of Chicken Finder. Ball sits for a no. Bounced off her own knee. Had to go back in again. Got around Hildebrand. Got around Brussel. And threw the ball in front of herself. Oh, cue the Benny Hill music. <laughs> as the little hand pass away while under pressure from Wilds. And the ball is now caught up. And will call for a ball up. Locking it in there late. And... Uh, <laughs> She did the right thing, Nifo, and she was out the back and things just wouldn't set for her. (laughs) I think she got a bit frazzled and then I'm not sure anyone was really giving her any instruction either. She gets a high tackle here, though, and will get a free kick, but she reached for her upper leg and's in a bit of trouble here, Brooke Lachlan. Doctor's rushing out to her. She's in the doctor's hands at the moment. As soon as she She fell, fell to the ground, she reached... Checking around her head area more than anything, actually. Now she's in a bit of now, discomfort. Now they're checking her left leg. Oh, this is rolled good. over, and they're checking the left knee as we speak. And she is in all kinds of discomfort. This is not good for Bulldogs fans. The docs were looking at her left leg. Ali Blackburn is chatting to her, who are at the 48 meter mark, right in front of the crowd as well, in front of the sports bar. They've seen this, and it, it's the one unfortunate thing about practice matches where, obviously, you've got to have them, you've got to hit some form, you've got to get in the match fitness, but there's obviously this risk of injury for no premiership points. And Lachlan 
Yeah, that's that's the knee. That's the left knee. Coming from the ground now in the being escorted or lifted virtually off her feet yeah, by two trainers. Yeah, she's so small they can just lift her up. That 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 is a terrible terrible sight to see. So Ellie Blackburn will take Brooke Lachlan's free kick. Long ball hits the woodwork. Minor score as they didn't end up making it to the interchange gates there for Brooke Lachlan. They've just taken her straight off the ground. So not a great sign. Of course, had a big year last year for the Western Bulldogs in the AFLW competition as Collingwood have sent that one out on the full, so the Bulldogs get an opportunity to reset. Bartlett with the ball in her hands, no. Must have been touched off the boot, so we'll get a boundary throw in instead. Nine gone in this second term. As ball is pushed in towards the middle, keeping it going there, Stratton for Collingwood. Eventually it stopped, all wrapped up. The umpire says, give it to me, I will ball it up. Mars Stadium. I don't think that scoreboard's ticked over either for the Western Bulldogs. It's 1-2-8 apiece at the moment. as It's congested once more and unable to break free there. So we'll get another stoppage inside the centre square. Umpire clears the way. We throw the ball high in the air. Leighton wins the tap. Trying to get to it first, Eleanor Brown. Bumped off the football, she got spun around in a circle. Kimberly Rennie went to ground. Ball got out over the top. Putting on a burst of speed, Ash Brazzle. Drew the player towards her. Hand pass to Whitford. Whitford under pressure. Cuffed off the ball when Ernst came at her. Going in now is Shevlin. Can't get the footy out. All locked in and the umpire is calling for a bounce. We'll have it thrown not too far from our broadcast position, right in line, right in my line of sight, directly between the centre wing and half-forward flank. Lamb clears for the Dogs with a high, long kick out towards centre wing. Bouncing football. And we'll now go over the boundary line and out of bounds. Near the interchange benches, closest to the Collingwood side of the interchange gates. Match analyst, Katie Lembeski. I think it's fair to say there's a few cobwebs that need to be blown out by both teams at the moment. Just a bit scratchy. A, few, a lot of stoppages. Nice side really able to gain a foothold, but I think Collingwood's attack on the ball has really been a feature. But just with the decision-making, just needs to be that little bit quicker. As Whitford, hurry kick on the boot away from the contest. Ernst, caught. Still with the ball in her hands and will get pinged. So Collingwood... Have a free kick inside attacking 50. And it's in the hands of Sarah Darcy, who looks to be playing a forward role for Collingwood, despite having times in the midfield in the VFLW season last year for the Pies. Her kick, not great. Birch takes the mark. The top of the defensive goal square for the Western Bulldogs. Birch looking for some options. Will come grandstand side. Commentators say thank you as they go to... Ernst in the back pocket. Now pumps it long down the line. The hands of Tessa Boyd who couldn't hang on to it. Lane tried to get a hand pass out of the umpire judge at a throw. That's what she did. And a free kick going away of Lamb racking up the possessions. Lamb towards the upward flank. Brazel Jane for it. Came off hands and it got out to Brennan. Brennan had to hook the kick because there really wasn't much to go to. So sets the foot race now between Ali Blackburn who just shoved her opponent. It Butler out of the way. Hand pass now across to Brennan. Brennan gets thrown down on the ground. Over to Lauren Butler. And Butler 
Well, in the words of the inspector from on the buses, I'll get you, Butler. And taken away by Katie Brennan, her flying shot at goal is away to the left. And the Webster has a minus score. The other person I've heard quote that is my dad. And so that really says a lot. <laughs> <laughs> See, they've counted that behind on the scoreboard for the Bulldogs, yeah. but not the previous one. So, so I don't know what that's about. So it should technically be 139 to 128 Bulldogs up by point. Let's the, hope um, it doesn't end up with an equal score. This is the kick back into play for Collingwood. Darcy, hot handball. They eventually get a high clearing kick towards the centre wing. Ernst sitting underneath it. Takes the mark as Brooke Lachlan heads to the change rooms along the boundary line on crutches. Kick inside 50 is good for the Western Bulldogs. Ellie Blackburn, co-captain and also premiership captain too, given that Katie Brennan didn't play in the grand final last year for the Western Bulldogs. Ellie Blackburn. Just a slight angle. We'll have to cater for the wind, which is coming straight across the ground from the city side, the Ballarat side of Mars Stadium. We'll kick it from on the 50. Good drop punt. Good drop punt from Ellie Blackburn. Would you expect anything different? All class, all class, right off the boot, and it just looked fantastic. Sends it right through the middle. A badly needed goal for the Western Bulldogs, a bit of a steadier. Um, yeah, they've really started to pick up a little bit now. I think that, deci- again, that decision-making is just a little bit off. I think both teams look really fit, but in terms of the decision-making, maybe they're a bit, a few seconds off, I think. And then when you're going full flight, I think that's when you, you're able to pinpoint that pass or that kick quicker. Neither team is quite at that spot yet, but again, the contest is a, it's a really tough one. We have the score at the moment is two three fifteen to one two eight. Scoreboard is showing fourteen to eight. As Mountbyre makes sure everything's checked, making sure it's the six five five combination, whatever way you want to put it. It's got to be sixteen players virtually standing next to each other. As part of those AFLW rules, five six five. There you go, because it's six 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 in the men's. As we wait to throw the football up in the air, and away we go again. Unusual tap going forward there by Moody, taken there by Benici. Cop one over the shoulder, and she'll have the resulting free kick. Defensive side of the centre circles looks to work it out towards the wing, looking for Dargan, going after the football. Beaten to it in the foot race on that occasion by Belinda Smith. And he goes crashing into the fence. Still, he went up the gate as well. It was open here. And we'll call for a boundary throw-in. Dee Felton. No, just um, I wanted to check exactly how tall Celine Moody is because seeing her IRL is truly something. As the ball is thrown back into play, Moody wins it down. Put it right down the throat of her teammate who got spun around in a circle in the cloud. Ball spilled out. Guttridge dispossessed of the football. Hannah Scott boots to ball. Brennan! Katie Brennan takes a running mark, beating out Ash Brazzle. And that's an interesting mashup, Brazzle versus Brennan, which has been taking place the last few minutes. And Brennan will be having a shot on goal directly in front. And uh, Katie roughly the same distance as Ali Blackburn. You still fancy her to kick it from here as well, too. But just with the Brazil matchup, it might be good around the ground, but maybe when it comes to the contest in terms of height, she may be falling a bit short. And that might favour Brennan there. She comes in for the kick. Right on 50. And unusually for Katie Brennan, she shanks the kick. 
and it falls short and will go over the pack and bounce through just for the minor score. So we have it as 2 4 16, Collingwood 1 2 8 here on RSN this Carnival. Is really annoying me. <laughs> I uh, just looked up how tall Celine Moody is. She's 186 centimetres. So you think, I thought Tiana Ernst was tall. She's six centimetres taller than her. I have to try and work out what you meant by uh, IRL too. All oh, right, Finally yeah. worked out it was in, in real, real life. life. Sorry. <laughs> all the acronyms. Nick Felton here on Women's Australian Rules <laughs> Football Radio as the ball dribbles over just the boundary line and out of play. Trying to, you know, rope in that youth demographic. Yeah. <laughs> Early the... Th- rest of us here in the commentary box don't fit into that category. Throw in centre wing broadcast side here at Mars Stadium. Tap one down by Moody. A new nickname, IRL. Goes inside attacking 50. Collingwood. Oh, with the ball momentarily getting clobbered high was Jordan Allen. And she'll get a free kick. Inside defensive 50 in front of a Packed grandstand in front of the social club rooms now. There's not much room left in that part of the ground. Scott got the ball off hands from the marking contest and the Bulldogs chip it short. Mark taken by Carlson. Tacking side of the broadcast wing goes short to Blackburn. There's a free player at centre-half forward. And just fumbling it as the siren sounded was McLeod. And so that concludes the first half of footy here at Mars Stadium. Now, as we've got it 2 4 16, we'll wait to see whether that score is adjusted as the goal umpires make their way to the middle. That's for the Bulldogs. Collingwood 1 2 8. I'll, I'll give you an around the ground score for the Lions GWS game. Like last year, they actually played five terms, if you could call that. And uh, it ended up in the end GWS 11 9 75 to Brisbane. Four, four, twenty-eight. Yeah, it's where the I'm saying a game of four quarters comes from, just to just to specify how many quarters are in a game. <laughs> Me Fulton, quality comments here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio. Uh, for those that, of course, just joined us, Brooke Lachlan has gone down to the rooms on crutches. It appeared that she has done a knee injury. She was in uh, quite some pain when she was tackled and brought down to the ground at the half forward flank. Let's have a look at some of the better players for both teams. Uh, let's begin with uh, looking at Collingwood. Katie Lambeski, some of the better players that you saw for the Magpies in this first half. Um, it really has been, I think, a, a group effort. I think Ash Brazil has done an okay job around the ground. Shani Layton has done all right around through the ruck and around the ground. Uh, but, yeah, it's been really... Really one of those games where it's tough to really identify a player. There really hasn't been that much space enough to really work into Collingwood I think have done really well in shutting down the spa- in shutting down space I think Sarah Dargan you can also add to that list as well yeah so positive signs for the Pies to this half as the goal on Pies are trying to find out where the scoreboard attendant is which is a little funny Neith Felton <laughs> for the, coming to us for the, for, for the Western for the Western Bulldogs um, who did you see as uh, some of their better players in that first half um, obviously Blackburn and Brennan that's kind of um, undisputable um, I thought um, Spark and Too Good early on were doing a really good job in defence. Um, it kind of, I think we were saying, like, it got to a bit of a stalemate before. I mean, kind of, um, you know, the, I like Katie said, the midfield were cancelling each other out. But I think um, throwing Brennan in there to do a little bit more um, was doing really well. I think 
Although she hasn't had a lot of ball, Eleanor Brown, she definitely is fast, like um, Debbie Lee was saying before. Um, and she's been able to impact play without necessarily getting her hands on the ball, which has been really promising, I think. And like for her first game as well. Unfortunately for someone like Tessa Boyd, her first game, I think her first possession, she was caught holding the ball. So unfortunate. But um, I think if everyone can kind of come up to what Blackburn and Brendan are doing and just really like pushing through um, that really sort of, I guess, clogged up sort of play and getting the ball out. Because I think, again, like you were saying, Katie, you make some very good points. Um, Collingwood were covering the exits better and they were getting players, like, they were outnumbering at the right times. Whereas there yep. seemed to be a lot of Bulldogs players just in the one area, but not for any specific reason, it didn't seem. Um, or if there was a specific reason, it wasn't obvious. Um, so I think if the other players can come through, if we can see Spark and Trugood holding up the back line again um, and like really getting that rebound going and getting the jump on Collingwood, I think it'll become um, more evident which team won the Premiership last year. And there was a reason why the goal umpires were coming towards us because we did have the right score. It is 2-4-16, Western Bulldogs leading Collingwood 1-2-8. And just uh, to pause uh, our dissection of the first half, how, how good is this to have the Oz kickers? out on the ground so from the local cute. community. It's the longest warm-up I've ever seen, but yeah. it's nice to have them out there. Yeah. And it's just one reason why when it comes to women's footy, uh, the Bulldogs do it uh, as one of the best clubs in the AFLW. They've got it. They've understood it since word go. Yeah, that's not a surprise. I mean, Bulldogs have always... Well, they're one of the pioneers of the game back in, obviously, with the first ever women's game. They get it. They get them, and you know you see it in the match day experience as well. Witten Oval is just fantastic. They really made that time that Saturday night Witten Oval game their own, really. And as the young ones get ready to have a little kick, and after the longest warm up ever. But. <laughs> and, and, and as you see here, the crowd probably I estimate between fifteen to eighteen hundred now. It has grown throughout that second yep. quarter, which is fantastic. Yeah, I think the promotion for this game as well was pretty good. Like I got being a Bulldog supporter, if we haven't brought this up yet, but um. <laughs> Like, I got an email about it with all the information and all that sort of thing. And, like, you know, it's free. You know, this is our practice game. This is your chance to come and see them. So yep. um, doing a good job of promotion, which um, has been lacking outside of Clubland. Mm. We could spend hours on that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and we will. No, we're, we're, we're taking your calls now. <laughs> we, we did on the way up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Talk yeah. back radio. Uh, your problems. Goal kickers so far. Ali Blackburn with one and Katie Brennan with one for the Western Bulldogs. Sarah Rowe, the only goal kicker so far for Collingwood. Eight-point lead to the Bulldogs over the Pies here at halftime of the AFLW practice match at Mars Stadium. You're listening to Carnival on digital radio, live streaming around the world and on the RSN smartphone app. See the listening guide at rsn.net.au. No matter what your age, most of us played sport when we were young. And there was always one thing that made you want to disappear into a corner or even give up your chosen sport. And that was when somebody on the sideline hurled abuse at either you or a teammate. These are the moments that make sport painful for so many kids, and the time has come to stop it. I'm Elise Perry from the Southern Stars, and my message is simple. Let kids be kids. Let them enjoy their sport without interference. 
Google Play by the rules to find out John more. John McKinnon is Talking Horses. Welcome back to Talking Horses. Hope you're enjoying the program. Every Sunday right through the summer season, Joe talks with the people racing thoroughbreds to be our next generation of stars. She's such a beautiful mare and importantly, how is she this morning after this slowly? Plus the watch on the big summer carnivals and an eye on the summer sales. Talking Horses. Join me Sunday mornings from 7 right throughout summer. On RSN 927. Our children are so precious and the next generation of farmers. Make a safe play area where the fence and gates are secure. With supervision, you'll reduce the chance of kids being injured or worse. Visit farmsafe.org.au. Jason Bonington. Tonight's Ballarat Pacing Cup sets up the tab Summer of Glory. Right up on the gate and they are racing. RSN 927 has all the Summer of Glory news, the trainers, drivers, form talk and the court. Here's a go in the Shep Cup. It's the Kiwi. I'm Pat's delight. The tab Summer of Glory. San Carlo leads all the way in the Bendigo Cup. On the home of Victorian trots racing. RSN 927. Children drown in portable pools every year in Australia. Others are hospitalised because of non-fatal drowning incidents. Young children can easily topple in and drowning is silent and happens quickly. Royal Life Saving and Consumer Affairs Agencies across Australia are reminding people to take important safety steps like active supervision of kids in and around portable pools. The question is, can you make it safe? For more information and simple safety tips, visit royallifesaving.com.au forward slash make it safe. Hello, this is Michael Felgate, the mighty racing poles pick Picnic Bus is back and we want you to join us. Set to run. The Racing Pulse Picnic Bus is off to the Hillsville Picnic Races to enjoy real grassroots racing. Racing. Last year we had an amazing day at the picnics, so we're going to do it all again on Saturday the 2nd of February. We'll take our own bus from Melbourne and join us in our marquee. And there are 35 places on the bus to win. Get your name in for the draws now. Head to the competitions page at rsn.net.au. When a safety barrier is hit, it catches you like a net, slows you down and prevents you from hitting a tree or oncoming traffic. Safety barriers save lives, getting us towards zero. We're starting your Sunday with the best from the bush. Well, the whole town just welcomes everyone. It's a fantastic atmosphere that we have there. There's uh, 20 to 30,000 people and there's just a buzz about it. From around Victoria, Andrew Cuse has the people and the stories in sport and in racing. All the hard work and the effort to go in preparing the track, it's not easy. It's a weather game, you know what I mean? Uh, one day it can be 33 and the next day it can be uh, 9 degrees with an inch of rain. A country breakfast with Andrew Cuse, 6 till 7 Sunday morning. Mornings on RSN927. Every week, more than 20 Australian families will hear the words that will change their lives forever. Your child has cancer. For the long and uncertain journey ahead, Red Kite is there with very real help, like hospital and community-based support, vital financial assistance, and educational services. Can you help Red Kite support these families through their cancer journey? Visit redkite.org.au or call 1-800-334-771. Behind bathroom tiles, under vinyl floor covering and carpets, you might not know it, but homes built or renovated before 1987 may contain asbestos. In cement sheeting, corrugated roofing, almost anywhere. So if you're renovating or doing a bit of DIY and you don't know the dangers, you could be risking your own and your family's lives. Is it my turn, Dad? Are you playing renovation roulette? Find out at asbestosawareness.com.au.
listening to RSN Carnival Digital Radio, the RSN Racing and Sport app, rsn.net.au and at the ground on 89.1 FM. This is the AFLW practice match at Mars Stadium between the Western Bulldogs and Collingwood Magpies. And we have the halftime score of 2-4-16 to 1-2-8. It's a little more low scoring than uh, what we saw at halftime in the Carlton and Geelong game that was called earlier today. As uh, Katie Lambeski joins us uh, back at the commentary box along with Dee Felton, Matthew Cox. This is Peter Holden with you. But I guess uh, they've been looking online, I've been checking Big Footy. The big news, of course, um, that we saw here, we don't have too much more information, but it, it looks like a knee injury to Brooke Lachlan. Coxie, she hit the ground hard and the trainers bolted for her straight away. Yeah, as soon as she landed uh, after being tackled and she actually got a free kick from that tackle too. Um, as soon as she landed she reached for the lower leg or the, the leg uh, region and uh, was in a lot of discomfort so not good signs there for Brooke Lockland who uh, came to life last year in the AFLW competition. Took another step in her development during the VFLW season so it's quite a big loss for the Western Bulldogs and again it's another injury to one of their star forwards. And as she was taken from the ground they originally took her t- as she limped along and they ca- they essentially carried her as two yeah. people um, over the shoulders and they took her to the interchange gates originally. They put her on the mat. They had the knee up and bent checked that out and as soon as they did they took the boot off and essentially she then got onto crutches and then she limped down to the race and that was the last we saw of her. We're all hoping for the best but unfortunately I think we're all expecting the worst. Fingers crossed that doesn't look as bad as it, that's not as bad as it looked but yeah just such a shame. She really, who can forget that night when she took on Carlton and kicked seven coals and outscored them on her own. An outstanding talent and fingers crossed, fingers crossed for the um for the best po- for the best possible result, and it's the one thing that we've been talking about women's football, and, and they keep trying to put more research into it. And we know Brooke Patterson at Melbourne has been one of those uh, behind the research as well. Is to what can they do about the knee injuries happening in, in women's football, where there's, the stats show overwhelmingly there's a greater chance of uh, a female doing an ACL compared to a male. Yeah, it's it's puzzling and of course it gets a lot of attention too uh, given it's such a short season in the AFLW and we've had a few star players that have gone down with ACL injuries uh, particularly in the last 12 months when you think of the likes of Bree Davey, Huntington and there's been a couple of others as well. And in that area they're not only doing obviously research as well and looking at ways of injury prevention in the way that you train to try and build up the knee but also as well you've got companies like Ida Sports that have come out that are trying to make a, a, a specific female football boot that they reckon is better shaped to support the heel and the arch of a, a woman's foot which they say is different to a male's and they're hoping that they don't believe it'll be any miracles but they hope that might be another factor in trying to reduce the possibility of a knee injury for female yeah, sport. I think it's all like yeah, trying to reduce it and obviously um, yeah, like body composition plays a part in it. I think it's something yeah. to do with the way the, the hip area, hips think, yeah, and then yeah. hormones as well makes your ligaments floppier or something somebody told me to watch out. I think it was... <laughs> well, I'm no doctor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where's Tiana Ernst? Dr. Nick Rubio. Yeah, Tiana Ernst yeah, probably know, actually. Yeah. Um, we should get her on to do a specific, like, um, talk about it. But um, but I think, like, I know, um, I'm not sure about you, Katie, as well, but, like, in training, we do a lot of, like, stuff to work with your glutes to make sure that you're not overcompensating and putting extra stress on your knees. Like, I personally have 
terrible knees. So I've got to do heaps of stuff to make sure that I'm not susceptible to doing like any meniscal or ACL kind of injuries. But I think it's been one of those things as well when we finally get to the point of having full-time athletes, then they can have time to sit down and do a proper knee program and everybody can do it because, you know, that's their nine to five and they get designated time. But at the moment, if you're trying to, or if you're at a job where you're on your feet as well, it's going to put pressure on like that you don't need on your knees and therefore making you more susceptible as well. So you've got less time to strengthen it and then more time that you're using it sort of thing. So I think it'll be helpful as we get inching closer and closer (laughs) slowly (laughs) to having um, full-time female footballers um, that we'll see a reduction in that just because there'll be more time and money um, being put into it. I've, I've been lucky never to do an injury. Unfortunately, I've been held back by a lack of skill. <laughs> <laughs> As the umpires walk into the uh, middle of the ground. and it's never uh, stopped me. That's, that's why we walked into Maccas and not the Pretzels. The super station on the way up. Umpires walk into the middle of the ground. The Collingwood team are the first out, and they are, of course, doing, doing their jumps and uh, warm-ups at the uh, scoreboard end of uh, Mars Stadium. We're waiting for the uh, Bulldogs to come out of their change rooms. Again, we had a delayed start of 5.15 due to the transportation of both the sides being delayed getting here. So we expect probably around about a 7.5 past 7 finish here on the RSN Carnival uh, Digital Radio. Of course, both teams will then uh, have the week off. That is the Australia long weekend. And then they'll be back uh, on February 2nd. And as we know, um, I think it's for the Bulldogs. I think it's over to Adelaide, if I'm correct, to play on the Saturday night, Game yeah, 2. But Game 1 will be Collingwood playing at Geelong. Excellent. Yeah, and um, <laughs> saw Paul Hood here doing some opposition analysis. So I think um, Geelong, like, Geelong are in a good position and they're very lucky to play their first game at a home ground as well. Like, obviously, you know, to welcome them into the competition and to get the people of Geelong involved. But I think just from, like, a purely kind of, like, tactical thing, it is really good for them. And we, we had one of our commentators, Dan Hill, actually asked the question that you should have asked Paul Hood, asking why uh, Hoodie didn't allow him into his Year 7 class. The answer is, Dan, the time that you asked, you were age 25. Uh, <laughs> uh, we... <laughs> But don't worry, Dan says grade five were the best seven years of his life. As we... Hello, Dan. <laughs> and you'll hear Dan during the VFLW season from May if he hasn't assaulted me in the commentary box first. As just, just noticed, too, uh, running out there, Katie Brennan's put on the polo shirt, so I don't know whether she'll take any further part in the game today. Yeah, Maybe just a her. light run for her because remember she was held back and didn't play the VFLW season after having, of course, uh, those uh, issues that uh, held her back during last season plus, of course, the suspension as well which uh, made headlines. Mm. <laughs> yeah, no, she's, and we're all very much past that. She's got changed. <laughs> um, shorts have also changed for Katie yeah. Brennan. So she's done. We'll so, yeah, it will be so good to see well, her play a full season. Yeah. No, it hasn't had that no. luck just yet but Fingers crossed. Ellie yeah, Blackburn no. also hitting down to the race. Not oh. that it stops anyone, okay. of course, because remember Emma Carney didn't play in the practice game last year, and of course she went on to win the league best and fairest. Very true. Very true. It, uh, it, it might even bode well for her, but hey, as we get ready for the second half, both teams out, all teams are set. Fing- oh. Fingers crossed. We uh, will see an action-packed second half here. Do fancy the Bulldogs to get it done from here? I think their class has shown out in patches throughout this throughout the game and uh, their key is to, to show up for more this half. And that round of applause that you heard was for the Oz kickers as they 
came off the ground as we restart here at Mars Stadium. Clearing kick from Berry. First time that we've seen her today in action for the Western Bulldogs. So they've obviously done a bit of a change at halftime in terms of the players they're rotating out on the park today. As applying the tackle is Hannah Scott. Also involved is Lamb once more. And we get another stoppage broadcast side of Mars Stadium Scott, oh, tripped and yep, her leg's taken out so she'll get the free kick, that rule coming into play a little more push and shove and a Scott will take the resulting free kick half back flank on the broadcast side chips it well wide, Utri takes the mark just in front of the interchange gates Kicks it down along the boundary line. High ball. Pack flies. Berry crumbing. Gives the handball off to Lamb. Spirals one inside. Attacking 50. Bouncing ball. Races on. McLeod in pursuit of Casey. McLeod kept her feet. Dribbles the ball. Dribbles the ball. Is it touched on the line? No, it's not. It's a goal. Sorry. It is sheer willpower there. Second, third, fourth efforts and forces it over the line. Deserve the goal just for the effort alone. Much better start to this half for the Bulldogs and uh, shape it up pretty well for them, um, judging by that. McLeod gets her first and the Bulldogs jump out to a nice little lead. 3-4-22 plays 1-2-8, approaching the two-minute mark in the third term on RSN Carnival. Umpire with the ball back in the middle of the ground to get us underway again. Make sure that everyone is in position with a 5-6-5 rule. Throws it high in the air. Punch forward, courtesy of Moody. On the deck, quick little pick-up and hand pass. Over the top, in goes Benici. Bumped her opponent off the football, went back and got it again, but kicked it directly to the dock and Gianna Ernst, who intercepted it. On wing position, out of side of the ground. Hesitant, calling players towards her. Now goes on the right boot, out towards the half-forward flank. Far side of the ground. Going through there's Kiochi, receives, on the bounce, gives the hand pass off. Illish Ross, kicks in towards the middle of the ground. Mark taken. Michaela Can. Michaela Can with a footy. Can. Right boot. Half forward flank with a kick. A little bit of pushing and shoving against Lambert. Will be paid against her. No, the umpire says not. We'll pay the mark. It'll be the Bulldogs' way. Lambert got into a bit of a fracker on the ground with Libby Birch. And Birch will elect to switch play. So too good takes the mark. A bit of space. Chip it short to Hannah Scott. Still inside defensive 50. They've worked it to the broadcast side. Sprinting into space is Boyd. Ball bounced in front of her over the boundary line. And out of play. We'll throw it in. Just beside the interchange gate. No, it's the last touch, touch out of Rook. Catching me off guard as Collingwood take the free kick. Gartridge, ooh, centering ball. Ernst clobbered and gets the free kick in the end. Standing in front of Cecilia McIntosh, who's also made her way onto the ground for the first time today. Now the short kick by Ernst. Spotting up Utri. Uh, back flank. Pulls the kick at the last moment to Lamb. Lamb. Now on the left, close against the boundary line. Mark taken by Utri, just inside. Player on the mark is Katie Lynch. Utri, shorter again, barely the 15. Now going to Hannah Scott. Scott with a footy. Right boot, 
up the line, looking for Gamble. Bumped off of it at the last moment. But the ball sat up okay for her. Then it popped out of her hands. Being under pressure on that occasion from Leighton. And it's all tied up and we'll call for another ball up. Match analyst, Nee Felton. Yeah, I think um, Gamble did well not to take the Collingwood player high then. Very lucky. Moody, unopposed, won the tap down. Collingwood dispossessed and a free kick will go the way of Lamb. Getting caught there with Chevlin for Collingwood. It's a different spectacle to what we had. Moody actually took the free kick, then gave the handball to Lamb. Quick kick to Utree. She's been good so far this quarter. Just outside attacking 50, just as you praise yep. her. The kick mm-hmm. wasn't great. Kick shot. Still an opportunity for Gamble, who applies the tackle. The umpire says, give it to me, I'll ball it up. Katie, it's a very stagnant stop-start game, which is completely different to the first half we had at Icon Park a little earlier today. Yeah, it just seems like, again, just that, just that match... Um, that match awareness isn't quite there yet. I c- you can see what the dogs are trying to do, particularly in possession, but I think it can be a little bit quicker. Essentially, I need to get it moving a lot more. There's a lot more fluidity. Ball in the middle of the ground. Nearly get Falcon there was Bailey Hunt. Jumping on top of her, Jordan Allen. Umpire blows the whistle and calls her a ball up. I know we praise a lot the players like Blackburn, Brennan... Scott, for example, from the Bulldogs. But I reckon this year, just based on what I've seen so far, a smoky for the BNF, I reckon, might be Kirsty Lamb. Mm. Good shout. Good shout, yeah. I think, yeah. yeah. Just really working well. And she was always a gun feel maybe overshadowed by the likes of yeah. Carney when Carney was playing, when the Carney and Blackburn combination. But just seems to, what I can see from this game, just gone one notch up. But as we say, it's always a little hard to judge in a practice game, but good signs from Lamb so far as Lambert of Collingwood got knocked over. Going in and fighting hard for the football there is Libby Birch. Gives the ball back to the umpire. We'll throw it up. Leighton to do the ruck work here versus Moody. Both went to ground. Yuji trying to charge the way through. Now the hurry kick around the corner on this occasion. McCarthy went to the pack. Swapping behind by Gamble. Taken over the boundary line on that occasion by Gorlane. The umpire's pinned her, holding the football. Free kick going the way of the doggies. Fended off her own player and then got tackled by a Bulldogs player. So, I mean, she fended, so I guess it is (laughs) holding the ball. So that kick, that's a fumble over the line as well. The time from Tessa Boyd. It's always been on this wing as well. They really need to learn from that a bit more. Then I think they need to approach it a little bit, um, a bit more smarter, I guess, in a way. Just try to get it, get it away from there. The wind is playing havoc with it. Try shape, try send it to the middle. See where that takes you. Leighton front spot won the tap down. Lamb dispossessed. Coming through was Mackie. As they go wide, Hunt tried to trap the ball in. Kiochi lays on the tackle, hovers, trying to extract it. The umpire says, we're going nowhere and I will ball it up. Centre wing, broadcast side, 3-4-22. The Western Bulldogs leading Collingwood 1-2-8. Seven and a half minutes gone in the third term on RSN Carnival here at Mars Stadium. Mackey kicked it away from the contest. Hit up a target under pressure. He's been driven into the turf and another... Injury concern here for the Western Bulldogs. Looks like McLeod mm. in a bit of trouble. Bit of a heavy hit, yeah. Got Maybe to winded, do you think? Got or? to her feet. 
Okay, she's on her, her feet at least, which is a positive sign. Looks like she's going to take the kick too. Her head and neck area, I think, uh, she's indicated to the physio, but she's waving them off, lining up to take the kick. Bit of a chiropractic adjustment, maybe. <laughs> so McLeod, long ball, inside 50, one bounce. Bartlett dispossessed, ball dribbles over the boundary line and out of play. We will throw it in. In fact, that might have been Boyd rather. Last, last, last disposal out of bounds, all I think is being paid here. Field umpire's having a chat with the boundary umpire. Let's see what so happens. Is it? It's a boundary throw in in the f- forward 50? Yes, or? Yeah, they're calling between it the, only between the arcs. Yeah. Only between the arcs, and it's last disposal out of bounds rather than last touch. As the ball is to be thrown back into play. <laughs> My brain's working overtime. <laughs> I know. I know. As the ball is with Utree, dispossessed, Ooh. trying to go in there, Membry can't get it out. Brown lurking the pack. I like the bringing it in 10 metres. Yeah. I think yeah. just yeah. apply it that to the whole uh, ground. Yeah, it's one of the things I reckon you can get rid of the last disposal rule and keep the normal boundary rule, but the, th- but the bringing it in 10 metres works. Yeah. yeah. As the ball is thrown back into play, as umpire blows the whistle, we'll call for a ball up. Otherwise, it just it delays time, and especially with the AFOW where there's no time yeah. on, why waste time mucking about deciding right. whether it's a throw-in yeah. or a disposal? That, that or we could just have the same rules as the men's game, so we don't have to explain to people constantly what the differences are. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, that's just well, common well, sense. Well, I, I was just <laughs> about to say so they should bring the 10 metres in rule for the men. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well. Why not? Yeah. Reduce the congestion. I mean, there's no doubt they mean well with the rule. But there's that old that, that old saying is the road to hell is paved with good intentions, and I think that's, that's what they may have done there. Unfortunately, sorry yeah. to be harsh about them, but yeah, just the the intent is good. Again, I get it, but it's not working. Yeah, right? exactly. As the ball is thrown back in from behind on that occasion was Fowler tapped along the ground trying to fight in their lamb. And the umpire again blows the whistle and calls for another ball up. Score check three four twenty two. The Bulldogs. The pie is a one two eight. And here's a little fact. No Australian has kicked a goal for the pie yet in twenty nineteen. Interesting. Foreigners coming over here kicking our goals. <laughs> Sarah Rowe, the Irish woman with the only goals. <laughs> Katie Lambeski with a bit of gold here in the last couple of minutes. As it's again a very stagnant pl- passage of play at the moment. Berry enforcing her body on the contest. Bulldogs get a clearing kick towards Bartlett. Had a couple to beat. Collingwood win out, then they're taken. One of those applying the tackle was McCarthy trying to extract it. The umpire says we're going nowhere just as Bartlett was released. So the umpire with the ball in his hands, 11 gone, third term, RSN Carnival. Smacked into the hands of Membry, who gets it to McIntosh. Long ball inside 50. Two on one favours Collingwood. A couple went to ground. Lambert. Hurry toe poke kick to Livingston. Who gets the post from point blank range. Disappointment there for Livingston. And Collingwood moved to 1-3-9. Trailing the Western Bulldogs. 3-4-22. 11 and a half gone. And the Bulldogs, they make a mess of it in their own back line. Lamb might be gone. Lamb roasted. And, and there's a little bit of push and shove going on as well. A They're coming bit. in for everywhere. Whitford gets involved. Half a dozen players just trying to rip each other off. Uh, it's just bodies all over the shop. 
McIntosh goes in there to try and break it up. It's very aggressive for a cracky. <laughs> yeah, it lands I noticed not that happy at all. This quarter has been quite like full on. Tense. Like, yeah. Michaela can ends up with a free kick. As insurance details were exchanged. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing I love more than a bulldog v Collingwood, you know, physical Scrap. fight. But you know, please do it for premiership points. You yeah, exactly. And oh, an absolute mongrel of a kick there by Michaela Can. A pie floater that barely travelled 20 metres and barely got above shoulder height and went through for a, a point to the near side. 1-4-10 the pies, 3-4-22 the Bulldogs here on RSN Carnival. Birch took the mark from the kick back into play, goes in the Ernst direction, fell short of her. Dogs with numbers, Berry. Oh, did she Ooh, kick that on their full? She, yeah, did. she did. That's so. bad luck. Not a great minute or so for the Western Bulldogs. A couple of errors. Luckily for them, though, Collingwood unable to capitalise on the opportunities that they've been given. Can to take the free kick. Just outside attacking 50. Definitely lots of pressure on the ball carrier, and I think that's what's playing out, and that's why I think the frustration's kind of building, and you're seeing the scraps a bit. Other team taking a backward step, but it's a smother. One of players to come at her then. Smothered in the end by Berry, who kicks it down the line. Bartlett somehow kept the ball in play, then got stripped. And Collingwood will get a free kick. To take it will be Darcy Guttridge, attacking side of the broadcast wing. Guttridge, left boot, pulls the kick. Went over the head there on that occasion of Bailey Hunt. Getting it there is Whitford. Kicks it inside, 50. Came off hands, close to the boundary line. Being kept in there by Sarah Rowe. Went with a quick hand pass. Wanted to create the extra option. Can is brought to ground. Umpire blows the whistle and calls for a ball up. Tell you what, that packed grandstand in front of the social club's seen a lot of action in the last five minutes. Yeah. It's the place to be, and it's in short walking distance of the bar. I was going to say, I'm going down there's there. There's a sausage sizzle down there too. Stratton as oh, well. Oh, oh you didn't. Should have told that. Should have brought some up. The See ball. ya. I know, sorry. Goes out of bounds of the full, according to the umpire, off the boot or the ankle of a Bulldogs player, and it will be a free kick to the Pies, and with it is Sarah Dargan in the pocket. Now goes towards the top of the goal square. Livingston, did she juggle it? The umpire said it came off the shoulder of a Bulldogs player. You've got to play on. Try to get a kick away. Got dumped into the ground. And now the umpire comes in and calls for a ball up with a tackle being laid on by Bailey Hunt. And may I say, from what I've seen so far in this uh, two and a half quarters, it's really obvious they're missing a key forward or two at Collingwood. Just a bit yeah. of direction. As the umpires paid a free kick, it will go the way of Collingwood. Just someone to, sh- to build the shape and to yeah. someone to build around and really be the focal yeah, like point a, of the yeah, attack. Yeah, focal point, like a yeah. guiding yeah. sort of... It, it, in this low-scoring game, they might be lucky to be able to scrap one out through Rovers and getting goals that way, yeah. but they're, they're lacking, like you said, they're lacking direction going in the forward line. Well, their opportunities have, have come from either free kicks mm. or scraps like this... Mm. Shot on goal from Cecilia McIntosh, who puts it through. The veteran for the Pies gets her first. And a badly needed goal for Collingwood. They're 2-4-16, trailing the Western Bulldogs. 3-4-22 as we approach three-quarter time here at Mars Stadium, Neve Felton. Yeah, I think it's great. Um, 
someone like Cecilia McIntosh is like still having an impact. And it's a testament to how fit she is and how hard she works. But I think like with the retirement of someone like Meg Hutchins and stuff, it's nice to have that like familiar face that you're like, yep, there she is. And she's still, yeah, having a good impact and especially with such a young team being a really good guiding force. Ball is thrown up in the air. Moody wins the tap down. Ball spilt out. Darcy caught. Umpire allows the ball to be played on. It did spill out, but only as far as Emma Mackey laying a tackle on the player and Michaela Cannon will throw the ball up again. It's foul. It's going to go on the ruck. Doesn't go up against Moody. Moody's uh, tap is sharked there by Darcy. Ball spilled out, though. Trying to get control of it was Emma Mackey over around the football. In goes Kirsty Stratton. She's all wrapped up there by Hannah Scott. And we will call for a ball up. So reset play. 22 play, 16. High near it goes. Fowler. Oh, trying to charge the way through. Mackey. Umpire blows the whistle and says we'll have the ball back and restart play. Corner of the centre square. Broadcast side. Favouring Collingwood. And it's quickly pushed away. Clearing kick tried there from Lynch. Smothered. Scott mopping up. Her handball went astray. Rowe chasing after it. Now caught Bailey Hunt. The umpire says, give it to me. I will ball it up. Centre half forward for the Magpies. They're 2-4-16. Trailing the Bulldogs 3-4-22. Utrecht got it to Hunt. Goes further afield to McCarthy. Puts it into the middle of Mars Stadium. Two on one. In fact, three on one at one stage there in favour of Collingwood who were able to hold things up in the middle of Mars Stadium. We get another stoppage. Fowler won the tap down. Caught there was Emma Mackey. As the siren sounds again here at Mars Stadium to end... The third quarter, a very stagnant, scrappy term here at Mars Stadium. 3-4-22, the Bulldogs leading Collingwood 2-4-16. With her thoughts on the third term, here's Katie Lambeski. Um, in parts, Collingwood have been really effective at closing down space and really just, it's been a bit ugly at times whether they've burrowed it forward. And there's obviously no focal point there and that's something they're really going to have to work on if they, if they want to consistently win games and contend this year. Um, yeah, Bulldogs just aren't quite at full at full step just yet. I think there's a few cobwebs still to blow out, but I, I get the sense that there's a very powerful team there. I didn't quite get flowing at all that quarter. I think they've rested a few players as well as we can as we can see there in the polos. But again, I really I think I'd like to see them. I don't know a bit more free flowing, a bit more open, take the game a bit more to Collingwood in this last quarter. But you can, you can definitely tell there's um, a strong side there for Collingwood. I think they just really need to stick at it, make it as uncomfortable as possible for the Bulldogs. But all in all, a good quarter from them. And uh, Neve Felton, as uh, we see the Collingwood players uh, come towards us in their huddles, we are talking about before about the uh, forward line, the lack of a key forward. I think the, the, it was best shown in the first quarter when we saw... Uh, Darcy in the middle of the ground, so they didn't use her in the forward line. I think they're only going with Livingston. But there wasn't like, uh, because there wasn't the key force, not only straighten them up, that allowed players like Spark and Toogood really to have free reign in the back line for the Bulldogs because they essentially went unchallenged. Yeah, I think unchallenged is a good way to put it. They, yeah, just kind of sat back. Lauren Spark was on her own, Bonnie Toogood also on her own maybe a little bit less. Um, yeah, having um, the opportunity to go and... Um, 
yeah, just kind of cut off any hope, I guess, that um, Collingwood would have about making a successful entry. That being said, they've been pretty good at it. I think what Collingwood's been good at this game is just choking the Bulldogs, making everything really kind of stagnant, held up. Um, just looking, the last two stoppages of that quarter were both in the middle and looking at the ground from our wonderful commentary position here at Mars Stadium, I must say, um, there was only two players from each side in either forward 50 and then everybody else was between the arcs. And there's not a great deal of room between the arcs and the goal square here. And I think it just shows how like they're not using the width of the ground. Um, I understand it's not obviously the biggest oval going about, but they're not using the width of the ground. Katie's made a mention of it a few times. They're using the commentary wing a lot, not really taking it over to the other side. Um, that pocket in front of the members, like the members, social club members, is that what it is? is that the what sports, club. Sports, sports club. Sports club, thank club, you. Yeah. I was like, so <laughs> um, Sports club, that's seen a lot of action, not so much on the other side. Um, I think if you if we had the luck, I suppose they were in GPSs, there would be some kind of heat map somewhere, hopefully. I reckon it would be all around this side. Um, and yeah, it just seems very, um, it is claustrophobic and kind of like packed in, very compact. And there's not, um, maybe it's the lack of, but it's happening at the other end as well. So you yeah. can't really just blame it on like Collingwood's uh, forward setup because it's happening at the Bulldogs forward end as well. And I think one thing as well, with, with Blackburn just being rested and off the ground, uh, Lachlan obviously, as we saw that knee injury, um, and Monique Conti not playing today, is at this moment for that third term. Um, despite obviously good hard work being done by Lamb, there's no one to actually do a run and carry for the Bulldogs, mm, and they're yeah. struggling to try and work their way or break with speed to go up to the forward line, like we're seeing for the many times at Witten Oval when they're being known to, to run and spread. Very true, very true. I think, and, and that's the difference with players like Blackburn around, it allows players around her, she, makes, she immediately makes them better by allowing time and space of other players to get into positions or to move further forward and allow them to flourish in that sense. So they're missing her, definitely. I get the sense that this is a squad that bats deep, but yeah, again, you need, a, you need your, core, your core best players out there, and I think they're, they're just lacking, they're just short because of that. We'll take this quick break. You're listening to RSN Carnival Digital Radio, the AFLW practice match between the Bulldogs and the Pies, and it's the Doggies leading by six points at three-quarter time. You're listening to Carnival on digital radio, live streaming around the world, and on the RSN smartphone app. See the listening guide at rsn.net.au. Hello, this is Michael Felgate. The mighty Racing Pulse Picnic Bus is back, and we want you to join us. Set to run. The Racing Pulse Picnic Bus is off to the Hillsville Picnic Races to enjoy real grassroots racing. Racing. Last year we had an amazing day at the picnics, so we're going to do it all again on Saturday the 2nd of February. We'll take our own bus from Melbourne and join us in our marquee. And there are 35 places on the bus to win. Get your name in for the draws now. Head to the competitions page at rsn.net.au. We're starting your Sunday with the best from the bush. Well, the whole town just welcomes everyone. It's a fantastic atmosphere that we have there. There's uh, twenty to 30,000 people and there's just a buzz about it. From around Victoria, Andrew Cuse has the people and the stories in sport and in racing. All the hard work and the effort to go in preparing the track, it's not easy. It's a weather game, you know what I mean? Uh, one day it can be 33 and the next day it can be uh, 9 degrees with an inch of rain. A country breakfast with Andrew Cuse, 6 till 7 Sunday morning. Mornings on RSN 927. 
Jason Bonington. Tonight's Ballarat Pacing Cup sets up the tab Summer of Glory. Right up on the gate and they are racing. RSN 927 has all the Summer of Glory news, the trainers, drivers, form talk and the course. Here's a go in the Chef Cup. It's the Kiwi. I'm Pat's delight. The tab Summer of Glory. San Carlo leads all the way in the Bendigo Cup. On the home of Victorian Trots Racing. RSN 927. Welcome back to Mars Stadium in Ballarat. This is the AFLW practice match between the Western Bulldogs and Collingwood Magpies. The Bulldogs 3-4-22, Lee Collingwood 2-4-16. Goal kickers for the Doggies, Blackburn, Brennan and McLeod with singles. For the Magpies, McIntosh and Rowe with singles. To get us underway for the final term, here's Matthew Cox. Thank you, Peter Holden. As the umpire just calls for a little more space between two rucks. He's still in dialogue uh, with the two rucks. He likes things a specific way. <laughs> he knows what he wants. Finally puts the ball in the air and we get the final term of this AFLW practice match underway and it will be the Bulldogs almost with the clearance. Stripped of it there was McCarthy who gives away a free kick, a throw according to the umpire. So Collingwood get the free kick at centre-half back almost they load up, come towards the broadcast side once again searching in the can direction came off hands, running away with it is Berry kicks it into a bit of space for the Western Bulldogs on the broadcast side, gambles tackled into the turf, taken over the boundary line and out of play we'll throw it in on the half forward flank broadcast side the sun's still shining here at Mars Stadium good crowd in attendance this, this evening tap one down, Berry again fighting for it, a bit of friendly fire Hiochi raises her arm, calls for a ball up and that's what we get as the umpire clears the way make sure that we're right to go again going up on the ruck is Rennie, brings it down well hand pass away was courtesy of Mackey to Berry, who went inside 50 and ball came up bodies and went over the boundary line and out of bounds. Good work by Sophie Casey. So you mentioned Brooke Lachlan came from the ground with an injury. We were speculating it might have been a knee. Someone in the crowd on social media close to the action suggests maybe an ankle, but we know that's definitely a leg injury and it was definitely taken off crutches. We know the doctors did look at the uh, knee and did do the bend back on that, but as we said, that's only what we can speculate from a distance, but uh, definitely a lower leg injury and definitely walking off on crutches before half time for Lachlan. As play goes on, Bartlett was in there. Now trying to get a hurry kick is Mackey. Awkward bouncing ball in the last line of defence. Taken away by Sophie Casey. Went left and went right. Ooh, nearly messed it up. Went to a two-on-one situation. Knocked away there by Deanna Berry. Having to go in there is Mackey. Gave it across. Bombing away. Here is Bailey Hunter. What the top of the goal square. It got out the back. It beat two pie defenders. And it went through for a goal. 4-4-28, the Bulldogs. 2-4-16, the Pies. Bailey Hunt with a goal there for the Doggies. Nick Felton. Yeah, Bailey Hunt. Um, Eltham area gal. <laughs> so, one from my neck of the woods, which is pretty exciting. I did primary school band with one of her best friends. So, <laughs> that's my claim. <laughs> Nick Felton name-dropping yes. on oh. Carnival. <laughs> we Europe. love the Hurstbridge line, but... <laughs> 
very special comments. But yeah, I think um, she's been consistent since starting. She had a Rising Star nomination in the first season. Hasn't really set the world on fire, but I think she's she's been mostly Solid. in the team. Yeah, I have no, you no know, complaints. You know what to expect with her. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. So ball up in the middle. Bulldogs out to a two-goal buffer. Kiochi takes the advantage for a free kick. Gets a 1-2, sends it inside, attacking 50. Collingwood have a little bit of space, but it was an awkward bounce there for Fowler. Opportunity now for the Dogs to rebound out of defensive 50. They search for Mackey on the centre wing broadcast side. Bearing down on her was Alexander. Keeping going was Casey. Kept her feet. Fires the handball out. Half back now for Collingwood. They send the ball long towards the middle. Oh, just out of the grasp there of Birch. The umpire says, give it to me, I will ball it up. Centre wing on the broadcast side. Umpire just checks behind it. Make sure she's got the path to back up. Rennie wins it down. Picking up his Berry. Got through traffic, got past. Kiyotchi tried to put it into the hands there. Brown lost control of the burn. Just tapped to the advantage of Belinda Smith. He put on the afterburn. It's up. No. <laughs> Ran inside 50 and fell over. I think she surprised herself. <laughs> she, 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 went. she went too quick for her own feet. And the pies are going to come out of their own defence. Now Stratton releases in the centre of the ground. Gave it away oh. to Can. Can they're on here with an opportunity. Now coming away is Katie Lynch. Like a bounce. Takes a second bounce. And she runs inside 50. Told to go to Hellebrand. There's your forward target. This last quarter, the last four minutes, four and a half minutes have been so good. Where has this been? <laughs> the play is broken up a bit as the player drew players towards it, allow Hildebrand to go to the goal square. And go back and slot an easy one. 3-4-22, the Pies, the Bulldogs, 4-4-28 on RSN Carnival Digital Radio. This is AFLW Practice Match Football. Here's Katie Lembeski. After Bailey Hunt's goal at the start of this quarter, you'd be forgiven for thinking it's game over, but Collingwood have just turned that around very quickly. I think it's players are starting to tire a bit more and space is starting to open up, so it might open up for you. It's just a matter of taking advantage of it, and I think Collingwood did that in a big way just there. Huge chance for them to, to get another one quickly and uh, put more pressure on the Bulldogs. Back in the middle. Good, went without it. And again, Collingwood almost had a clearing kick. It's a scrubber along the carpet. Hunt's got caught high. And we'll get a free kick. Defensive side of the broadcast wing for the Western Bulldogs. Wants to switch play to the outer side. The kick was a little askew. Collingwood are able to get possession of the footy. Kiyochi kick a little too cute around the corner. Smith mopping up for the Bulldogs. Chips it over the top and the mark is taken by Brown. Centre wing out of side for the Western Bulldogs. Long ball inside attacking 50. Off hands. Collingwood. Their kick smothered. Comes out now to Bartlett of the Western Bulldogs. Unable to get boot to ball. Now the tackle, good tackle applied by Utri will cause a stoppage. We'll get a ball up. 45 metres out, directly in front of goal for the Western Bulldogs. They're 4-4-28, leading Collingwood 3-4-22. Six and a half minutes in to the final term on RSN Carnival. Moody wins the ruck contest, ball on the ground. Chiochi goes in to pick it up, sold the candy, and then kicked it immediately into Kate Bartlett, who did the smothering work. She went to ground, then she got sat on. And the umpire calls for a ball up getting in there with Sophie Casey. But, yes, Kiochi maybe a little too uh, 
too cute. Yeah, with the kick. And Kay Bartlett just went, well, thank you. And now they restart play. Kick around the corner. Trying to create the pressure there is the Bulldogs turning it over. Courtesy of Brown. Now towards the top of the goal square. They're looking for Gamble and the ball will go through for a minor score. 4-5-29 the Doggies. 3-4-22 the Magpies here on RSN Carnival. Here's Neve Felton. Yeah, I think, um, like we were saying, as people are getting a little bit more tired, um, the game's opening up a little bit. And I have noticed Collingwood have definitely talked about the play on from the goal square thing because the Bulldogs haven't been doing it, but Collingwood have. So it was Livingston that time around. Got a long kick out towards the wing on the broadcast side. Came off hands and we'll have a boundary throw in. Just next to the interchange bench here at Mars Stadium. Tossed back into play. As it comes out to Birch, who's taken into the turf by Stratton and will receive a free kick. She's played a good game today, I thought. Really, really follow up on her work there with a good tackle. Collingwood work it to the centre wing. Mark will be taken here by Alexander. And will be a 50-metre penalty. Yep, encroaching the mark. She wants to go quickly. Does Alexander. It's a decent 50 as well. She puts it towards the top of the goal square. Almost a mark to Darcy. Kept following it up. Dargan there in support. They flick the handball across. And a goal has been scored by Sarah Rowe, her second this afternoon. And it's a one-point ball game here in Ballarat. 4-4-28 Collingwood trailing the Western Bulldogs 4-5-29. Approaching the nine-minute mark in this final term, Katie Lambeski. This game has come alive very in a very unexpected way. Space has <laughs> just opened up, and Collingwood have taken full advantage of it. The momentum is fully theirs. 50-meter penalty there, which I wonder in the women's game it might be worth keeping it at 25-meter penalties. Is that, and also, 50. can you play on? You don't have to wait now for no, 50 minutes. You can just play so, on, no. can't you? But so I could see. Um, I think it was Rennie trying to keep up with her, but then just didn't. Just kind of fell off. Yeah. yeah. Ball back in the middle of the ground. Ampass now running around in circles. There is Tessa Boyd, dispossessed of the football. Now it goes out towards the wing position. Broadcast side, coughed up by the Pies to Berry. Lost control of it, went back again. Berry got control of the football, knocked away from it by Alexander. Fighting it hard for it there, Membry. Trying to get it to Whitford. Whitford dispossessed. And the ball will go over the boundary line and out of bounds will call for a throw. And as one Bulldogs player has got up from the ground, a little ginger from the previous tackle. And is... Yeah, that was a good um, double effort by Tessa Boyd there. And it's nice to see a Boyd in the number five. You know, it just makes sense. Toss back in. Ooh, tackle a yeah. little high there. Yeah. From Rennie. Mackie coming from the ground there. Just hit a little rough. Nothing too serious there. Just giving a quick look over. Can the one taken into the turf? We get a ball up. Centre wing broadcast side. One point ball game in favour of the Western Bulldogs. Reigning premiers of the AFLW. Emerging with the footy now is Stratton. Impressive today. Darcy will take the mark at half forward. No one really to go to. Inside 50. Running into space was Lynch. Couldn't take the mark. It's kicked out of her grasp towards the boundary line on the broadcast side. The handball comes the way of Shevlin. 
Centering ball, not great. Intercepted by McLeod, who dances her way through traffic. Spots up Berry on the centre wing. Tries to put the ball in front of her. It does sit kindly. She does a U-turn. Kicks it into the middle. Bartlett a little flat-footed. Benici coming in now will mop up for Collingwood, but she's under pressure. High kick, and she coughed it up. Coming across, trying to save the day was Stratton. Benici goes in to try and make up for the error and we'll get a free kick in the middle of Mars Stadium. Brittany Benici was recruited out of the St Kilda Sharks in the draft. Now goes to the right boot and her kick to find an intended target was cut off by Utri. It goes up the line spotting up the number 20 in Kate Bartlett the other KB recruited from WA. Kicks inside 50 Oh, trying to put a lacy hand up there was Guttridge, who nearly went out the back to the event of a Bulldogs opponent. As incoming to save the day was Britt Benici to lay a tackle. The umpire judged it too high. And a free kick 55 metres out from goal. Now in the hands of Ash McCarthy. The Irish woman recruited out of the Crosscoders program. On the right, gives it a roost towards the top of the goal square. Punched away, Livingston. Leighton in the back pocket, juggling the football. Sees it over the boundary line and out of bounds under pressure from Moody. We'll have a throw in. One point lead to the Dogs. Twelve and a half gone in this final term. We've been playing 18 minute quarters so far today. So that means six, under six minutes left on the clock. Players just losing it in the sun. As Boyd's taken into the turf, the umpire says, give it to me, I will ball it up. Inside attacking 50. The Western Bulldogs. Again, a hot footy, Benici. Topo kicks it away. It was gobbled up by Carlson. Didn't go the distance, according to the umpire. So it's high pressure again at half forward. Now he calls for it. Right on the paintwork for the 50-metre arc. 4-5-29, the Western Bulldogs. Leading Collingwood, 4-4-28. Emerging with the footy is McLeod. High ball to the hot spot. Pack collides. Bulldogs player. A little bit of trouble. Gamble. Eventually gone up. Collingwood try and clear it out of defensive 50 once more, but they've come unstuck. The umpire says they're pushing the back, so they'll get a reprieve. A free kick. At halfback, going the way of Collingwood. So, they look to come broadcast side. Calling for it here is Fowler. They go in her direction. Flying from behind, Rennie. Close towards the boundary line, Stratton sees it over. While under pressure from Bailey Hunter will call for a throw-in. On RSN Carnival Digital Radio, AFLW practice match. Don't forget Women's Australian Rules Football on RSN Carnival every Wednesday night from 6pm, our one-hour weekly show. Ball to be thrown back into play. One out on that occasion by Carlson. Jumping in there was McLeod. Now Bob will call for another ball up. Match analyst, Katie Lambeski. Yeah, this is where both sides really need to find something when there's nothing left. It's that kind of thing. They've really gone hard at each other. They've pretty hard to imagine they're very tight out there, but need to find something in the last few minutes, particularly Collingwood. Bartlett kicks the ball inside 50, was searching for Gamble, who kept her feet, fired the handball to McCarthy, who got caught. 
Umpire said she threw it away, so Collingwood get another free kick at half-back. Really need to use it here. It's in the hands of Steph Kiochi. Benici is short, and she'll go to that. Just outside defensive 50, broadcast side of Mars Stadium. Benici given the hurry up, now called to play on. High ball to a pack. They fly, no one can bring it in. Emerging with it is Stratton once more. Not the greatest of kicks and it's turned over. Wild sends it inside, attacking 50 and they have a mark. Elise Gamble takes it directly in front, 30 metres out. And given we're at the 15 and a half minute mark, if this sails through, it should clinch the game for the Western Bulldogs' knee, Felton. Yeah, fingers crossed. You never know, though, do you? <laughs> um, yeah, I think this quarter has been it's been up and down. We had a really exciting patch where it was quite free-flowing as um, Gamble takes a kick. She comes in, stabbed at it a little bit, but puts it through. And that'll do, you think. Yes. Really good kick, really good kick. Very exciting next couple of minutes of his life. <laughs> 5-5-35 plays 4-4-28. 16 gone, final term on RSN Carnival. Yeah, I think, um, like you were saying, Katie, there needs to be that extra... And I know it's a practice game, and rah, rah, but, yeah, that extra, like, right, yep, this is what we're going to do. I think... Um, spark. Yeah, yeah. It's not... There was, like, Hildebrand's mark was really good for Collingwood. I think um, Berry and Hunt have been trying really hard, McLeod and um, yep. Utree and stuff. But there's, yeah, you're right, there's no, like... I guess I that know. cut through. There's probably a German yeah. word for it or something. There's no, like, no next level. Carlson and Leighton, the umpire, blows the whistle and says a free kick going the way of the Western Bulldogs. And they'll go on the right boot and come towards the broadcast side wing. Spall from behind. Because you have Ross Whitford spinning around with the ball now, going to McIntosh, who takes the mark in front of Hunt, who leaves for teammates... And that teammate was member who kicked it into the face of Brown. And now taking the ball, getting a little shove as Rennie afterwards got rid of it and got it to Gamble. Gamble on the right boot, looking to go inside 50, a little off target. Chasing it close towards the boundary line and out of bounds. Seeing it over on that occasion, the 23 in Utree. We'll call for a throw in, of course. The commentary team will definitely be back in May for the VFLW competition with the AFL season proper games. Well, that's the powers that be. <laughs> Odds, though, are unlikely. <laughs> As umpire blows the whistle. And we'll call a ball up 50 metres out from the dog's goal. As we have gone nearly 18 minutes in this final term. Leighton, double-handed tap. Kiochi picks up the bounce, kicks around the corner. Coming out at awkward bounce around from Brown. And a very short siren, but it is thus the final siren. Here at Mars Stadium in Ballarat, where it's the Western Bulldogs 5-5-35, defeating the Collingwood Magpies 4-4-28. The Bulldogs take honours today. No premiership points being a practice game. You could say a good day at the office, but they do have an injury concern in Brooke Lachlan. We thought it might be a knee, crowd suggesting possibly an ankle, but either way, she came from the ground on crutches. Let's have a quick look at the goal kickers before we dissect our better players. Matthew Cox. 
So for the Western Bulldogs, all single goal kickers, Ellie Blackburn, Katie Brennan, before they both went off for the second half. Lee Scamble and Bailey Hunt and Kirsten McLeod, the other goal kickers for the Western Bulldogs, whilst for Collingwood, Sarah Rowe kicked two and one to Nicole Hildebrand and Cecilia McIntosh sees the final score, 5-5-35. Western Bulldogs defeating Collingwood 4-4-28. So let's break things down. First of all, looking at the overall team victory before we go into the better players, both Katie and Neep. Your thoughts today on both the uh, Bulldogs' performance overall and their victory and, of course, Collingwood uh, particularly coming back late in that uh, final term. I guess with the Bulldogs, like like I've said earlier today, I thought... There's there's a really good team there. There's a really good structure and a really good squad there. It bats deep. They've really their second tier players really stand up at certain times. They they are a team in every sense of the word. They're really strong, and I think that's why they'll do well again this year. But and they showed glimpses of that. Maybe not as as often as they would have liked. I think it, Collingwood made it hard for them, but they made it hard for them at, at, for themselves at times. Um, obviously, Blackburn and Brennan missed the second half. Took the for a bit of a rest I guess but again really strong with Collingwood they really made it tough for for the dogs at times particularly going forward I think this where they're going to fall short a lot of throughout the season I think they really they unearthed something potentially with Hildebrand and Darcy either one stays forward or both stay forward at certain times but yeah Collingwood can take some positives out of this they took it up to the the Bulldogs really physically as well which made they didn't take a backward step in that sense. There's positives there, but the fall down might be the Achilles heel uh, in 2019. Yeah, I think um, I agree. They they did a. Re- it wasn't obvious the gap. I think in list quote unquote quality, um, even in the first half um, when Brennan and Blackburn were both on the field, Lachlan as well playing a part in that. Um, but yeah, they have no. Um, I think we said before a focal point and nothing to kind of build their forward line around it's a bit just like let's hope there's somebody there who can take a good mark um which we saw with Hildebrand doing um and that was really good that was the time it looked I think they carried the ball well they clearly have a plan to like um hand pass and run and carry with it but yeah it was just kind of like they'd get it through the midfield or they'd spoil it in the back line for the Bulldogs and then when they get to the forward line there was just it's kind of like oh, okay let's just hope something happens um which is not entirely I mean they obviously didn't go out with the plan of having a list like this because they were pillaged mm-hmm. by um the new teams and other um recruits um and didn't really get a chance to pick anybody up like um so I was surprised by McWilliams changing teams but you know she goes to Geelong there was like there was a lot of um like they just weren't able because of the new teams coming in they weren't able to attract anybody and they lost people to those other teams as well um so yeah there wasn't a great sort of there was nothing there that I was kind of like oh okay they can build on that it was kind of like oh I think this is this could be it sort of thing um Chiochi was pretty quiet um I know Shani Layton is new to the game I thought she could have done a bit more Hildebrand popped up in little bits um Sarah Darcy I thought was in their best um, and obviously they'll have Duff, Duffin back as well when um, 
I mean, the Renegades season's finished now, hasn't it? Six is one, so. Uh, Davin's at North Melbourne, of yep. course. Oh, yeah, true, of course. She got. She was one of the ones yeah, that got. Yeah. They're not going to get her back. Kelly. Oh my god, <laughs> yeah. there's even more people that have left than I thought. Jeez, all right. Poor, all right. Yep, yeah. I got I nothing. The best. Well, the best. I'll, I'll, say, I'll, say, I'll save you That's there. That's the 2018 by, uh, book there, Nate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll save you there by, by Coxie saying that we saw Collingwood last year against Melbourne at Olympic Park. And there was a little bit of similarity towards the back end of the game here where that late Collingwood comeback, it's hard to really judge what it was. Because like last year when Melbourne put the cue in the rack after halftime and rested their better players, we saw the same again today from the Bulldogs. Obviously, with Lachlan with a knee injury, mm-hmm. but both Brennan and Blackburn were put on ice at halftime. But it didn't make as big of an impact as what happened last year. Collingwood, Melbourne basically switched off and Collingwood were able to work their way back into the game. It was a little tighter today in terms of it was more of a scrap. Yeah. yeah. The the game wasn't as free-flowing as I was expecting, given what we had earlier today at Icon Park, where the game was really open for the first half. And even when it tightened down, it still wasn't as tight as what it was here today. Collingwood, I, I just don't see any rhythm in, in their game. Even in that patch that created the opportunity for Hildebrand early in that final term. The build-up to that was very, uh, uh, where do we go with it, rather than it was like a clear-cut passing opportunity. And even the kick to Hildebrand was a little late, I I thought. Hildebrand was waiting there for an incredibly long time before the ball went to her, and by that time she had about three to beat. So I'm... Nervous about their ball movement, nervous about their forward 50. I was more confident walking away from their practice match last year against Melbourne because there were positive signs in how they moved the ball, particularly in that second half when the pressure was off. You could see what they were trying to do. When the pressure was off here today, though, there wasn't that same sort of confidence and that same sort of fluidity that they got last year. So I'm nervous, I think, would be a way of... Putting the way Collingwood performed today as uh, the race to the middle is on here at Mars Stadium. <laughs> Comparing the two today, because um, we saw Geelong and Carlton earlier, based on just what we saw, I think Geelong would handle Collingwood very easily yeah. next week. But just based purely upon this one game each. Yeah, and of course it's a practice match. So yeah, yeah. It, take it from what you will. Yeah, so the, whilst the... The ball movement today from Collingwood can make me nervous. In two weeks' yeah. time, it could be completely different. But, but the difference, of course, with Geelong, uh, not only winning, but Geelong had players sitting on the boundary line ready to come back, a la your Melissa Hickeys and their Rucks and Aaron Hoare, as opposed to Collingwood, where you look at the Collingwood list and at the moment you're scratching your head going, I don't know where the improvement comes from. Yeah, and that, that's that's... That's, that's what makes you nervous because there's... Besides, obviously Malloy, obviously, Malloy will not play this year. Emma Grant will come back into the it, side. Yes, she wasn't yeah, out there one. today. Yeah, but yeah. again, she's another midfield-type player. More and more in defence. You know, it, it, it's it, she's a good, hard, solid worker. Grant won't necessarily win you the game, yep. but she's, 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 the, she's the busy ant that will just go to work. Again, you know, like, yeah. a bit like Bailey Hunt and how we were describing her before, you know what to expect when Emma Grant R- walks on the Ruby Slicer, maybe. But again, good at... VFLW level, but at AFLW level, not an impact player. Yeah, it's Melissa Kyes wasn't out there today either for them, but again, she's coming off an injury too. Missed out on the Hawks VFLW Mm. Premiership 
with that foot issue, so not sure how far away she is from playing. So let's just look just quickly at both sides. What do we like? <laughs> let's start, obviously, with the, the easier part with the Western Bulldogs. And uh, as we said, praise for Kirsty Lamb's game today. But I think that the, the key standouts, again, we mentioned earlier that they didn't seem to be challenged in the back line, but the two good and spark combination did one thing that I noticed. It allowed Hannah Scott to keep pushing up the mm. ground. It freed up Hannah Scott. And she has such a big kick as well. It's mm. helpful to have somebody taking care of the back line, having her a bit for the further forward so then when she does have that big kick you've cleared even more space and even more important attacking space as well so I thought um, yeah that worked that worked really nicely and can I say with Kate Bartlett as well she's not yet in that same class still a while off but she is presenting in the same way as a Katie Brennan and Isabel Huntington yeah, she definitely has a confidence about her. The way she attacks with the ball, leads with the ball, is really a spark type of player, and that can be um, really key to breaking games open at certain moments, particularly when it's a bit of a grind at times. So, no, but really, again, it's those second-tier players as well. Kirsten McLeod, really good today. Kirsty Lamb, um, Emma Mackey, Ash Udry, Bailey Hunt, all very, all very dependable, very reliable, know their spot in the team and will fill it each time. Yeah, just really, just really solid performance, I think, from those players. Uh, the one thing I found with Belinda Smith was at times when she did get the ball and that time when she ran too fast for her feet, she's going at a million miles an hour. She just kind of needs to settle a little. Mm. She's she, has a little more, more... she has more time than yeah, she thinks. Yes, yeah. 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 <laughs> so it's just that awareness, that kind of game awareness at certain stages, just to sort of be calm a bit. And she uh, she's really can be a game-breaker, line-breaker type in, AFL, in AFLW, and that can be really, uh, really key for the Bulldogs. Yeah, I think she would have been utilised better as well if, like we were talking about, they'd spread out across the ground a little bit more. Yeah. Um, it was, a lot of it was down the corridor and towards this side of the ground, but, like, not in, like, a fast pace, like zipping up and down the corridor yep. kind of way, just, you know, like a plodding along. So I think sure. if they can get her out on the fast side of the ground, like, cut across, um, she'd be really good at, um, like, we were talking about that run and carry um, that the Bulldogs have kind of made their own, especially at Witten Oval. Sarah Darcy did a bit in the midfield. Didn't quite stand out as she has at VFLW level, but again, uh, rotated a, a lot like Brittany Benici and, 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 and Steph Chiocci, so it was, it was hard to judge. It seemed more of just getting miles in the legs type of game. Mm, and she seemed to play more forward time as well. When yeah, she yeah. was being rotated out on the ground, it was mainly inside attacking 50. A couple of times she pushed up the ground, but where her main possession was, it seemed to be floating around half forward. Continuing to look through the list, we've said Nicole Hildebrand offered them something up forward, which is, I said, we're still getting used to saying Nicole Hildebrand up forward after seeing her yeah. years in Defender. Um, like you said, presented a good option, but I, I keep looking at Hildebrand going, right, she should be, in theory, at a, forward line, a number three forward. Should be a pocket, should be, you've got your truce and a half forward and full forward, leading or crashing packs. Hildebrand's the one that should be, she's getting out the back. Yep. She's getting out the back in the one-on-one where the ball hits the deck. Or springboarding you off half-back. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, other players that I look at through the list... Ash Brazel did a little bit in the first quarter. Yep. Just, you know, and then, as we said, had that job where she was following around Katie Brennan for a while. Yeah, she, I think she can hold her head high today. Her performance was solid, particularly in the first half. Jamie Lambert, um, again, um, they just used her here and there. Kind of felt like that she was put on the leash a bit. She wasn't, uh, maybe again, because it's a practice match, uh, 
uh, Wayne Seatman didn't let her fully off the leash to run to wreak havoc. Maybe she was a bit managed through it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah so again, hard to really get a read on her for sure. Um, it's the same with Celia McIntosh as well. It, it just seemed that a lot of some of the real star players just seem to be coming on in, in dribs and drabs and having two or three minute impacts. And again, that's not to say that they were floating in or out of the game. It just seemed to be heavy rotation. Yeah. Which which may have contributed to to that ball movement that we were um, talk discussing about sure. earlier. The fact that there was no continuity and it was constantly mm. moving. Just a quick shout-out as well to Darcy Dutridge. Missed mm. last season with that collarbone injury that happened right in front of us mm. at that, that about, practice yeah. game at Melbourne. So with about 30 seconds to go in the game. Yeah, so it yeah, was late, yeah. So seems to have come through unscathed today. So fingers crossed she can have the impact on uh, 29 season, 2019 season like she, had, like she wanted to in 2018. Well, that just about wraps things up here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio and our coverage of the AFLW practice matches, our double-headed today, a two-point thriller in which, of course, the uh, Cats beat the Blues at Icon Park and here a seven-point victory to the Bulldogs over the Collingwood Magpies. Katie Lambeski, thank you very much for your company and uh, enjoying the trip in the Coxie-Mobile coming all the way up the highway to uh, call today's game. No, it was great fun. Good to be back uh back on calling the footy again. I look forward to doing it again in 2019. Thank you, guys. Yeah, we'll see you for the uh, VFLW season, of course, beginning in uh, early May to uh, Neve Felton. Thanks to you for jumping in your car, making the trip up here to uh, Ballarat to see your beloved uh, Bulldogs uh, take out a seven-point win. And someone wanted to say hello to you downstairs. There you go. Yeah, hearing somebody on the effects market. Oh, that's... Oh, oh, I turned off her microphone. Oh, yeah, no, thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for again putting up with me as I try and put my like weird fangirling behind and remain professional. But, you know, it's a learning process. So we'll see. Yes, <laughs> 2019. Yes. Debbie Lee's putting out a restraining order. Yeah, I know. Just, you know, stay <laughs> 100 metres away. <laughs> and to Matthew Cox, who not only drove the Coxie Mobile today to come up to the ground, but also uh, backed up by calling two games, calling the earlier game, and, of course, calling this one here at Mars Stadium. A uh, privilege, Pete. Great day of footy. Great day of AFLW action. Looking forward to the 2019 season and looking forward to when the VFLW kicks off in early May. And a big thank you to you too after pulling an all-nighter and steering the ship throughout the day as well. Um, not looking forward to much of a conversation going back uh, home in the I'm, car. Though. I'm ready to fall asleep <laughs> in the car on the way back. Let me tell you that. After we stop off at the Windery Fish and Chip Shop. Don't forget uh, twitter.com forward slash wharf radio. That's W-A-R-F radio to follow us on Twitter or facebook.com forward slash W-A-R-F radio to follow us when we have our schedule of games next. Obviously, we'd love to be calling AFLW. There's rights around that and, uh, and unless the powers that be say okay, we'll then be back in May for the VFLW <laughs> that we normally do. We're looking forward to that. Not all the Victorian teams, but covering uh, a lot of the NT Thunder games and the GWS Giants Invitational Series in Victoria as well. That's all coming up. Don't forget our midweek show, 6pm this Wednesday night. Guests still to be determined. Well, I've got to put in some emails, but it's always an action-packed show, so do join us 6pm here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio, the station you're listening to right now. Until then, thank you very much for your company. It really does mean a lot to us, and until next time, it's bye for now. <laughs>